This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pob, and with me, I have the greatest 40k players in the world, Reese Robbins. I never thought I'd be on that list, but thank you. Yeah, why'd you say his name first? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> uh, that, that was uh, Frankie, the world's greatest 40k player. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Jeff in Control Robinson. Oh, glad to be here. Uh, the reason why I call them the greatest 40k players in the world is because GW has given them each the honor of being a playtester. The they are they have earned that coveted playtester title that GW gave them, and so I brought them on here to talk about Chapter Approved. And today we're going to talk about Chapter Approved and how it affects the meta going forward into the Las Vegas Open and into that final season push. Uh, it's something that everyone's going to be talking about. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about Vigilist Defiant. I believe that, it's is it just called Vigilist? Vigilist Defiant, that campaign book? Yeah, it's uh, Imperium Nihilus, and then the book is Vigilist Defiant. Okay. We're going to be talking about that campaign book because there's some interesting stuff in there. Uh, and I think with the chapter approved hype and uh, a lot of the LVO hype and people kind of looking at things, I think it's going to go a little bit under the radar, but it shouldn't because there's a lot of good stuff in that book too that you guys can use to up your game and get those last second ITC points. I think you're wrong, Pablo. You think I'm 100% wrong. So Reese and Jeff are going to hash that out. <laughs> Before that, well, Jeff, he's accustomed to just being wrong when he's uh, ever challenges me. So you think Vigilus is going to go under the radar? Oh, you meant I thought you meant he was wrong about it having an impact on the meta. No, he said it's, he thought it's going to go under the radar. I don't know. Uh, so no, Vigilus Defiant is going to have a big impact on the game. So so absolutely. However, uh, this weekend, and, and that's just speculation, obviously, uh, but this weekend when I was looking kind of like for reviews and stuff, it was all like chapter approved good bad and ugly chapter approved review and i looked up vigilist defiant because i uh the great co-host that i am didn't do much research on it uh, i couldn't find a lot to kind of dig through because i don't actually own the book so i don't have it with me at my house so uh, i tried to find some research on it to kind of figure out what it was about and i couldn't find a lot of coverage on it um so that just kind of like leads me to believe that it's going to fly under the radar a little bit obviously the top players are going to use it. So you'll see if there's something really powerful in that book, you're going to see it like in the top eight at Delvio, you know, well, for Pablo, sure. It's it's going to fly under the radar and then it's going to spread its wings and soar up above where the radar is. And it's going to slam into the satellite <laughs> that 
the radar depends on. It's going to be amazing. It's no one has the book yet, really. It's just went up for pre-order on uh, Saturday, so uh, I don't. People didn't know what to expect from it. Like chapter approved, everybody knows what to expect more or less. So that's that's going to get the hype. But um, as soon as people start reading Vigilist Defiant, they're going to see how much it's going to impact the game in in a fun way, in my opinion. It's very good. All right, right on. Before we get into all that good stuff, uh, quick announcement. Uh, once again, like I mentioned last week, we're going to be hosted on Pandora uh, as a part of their beta podcasting streaming service that they're they're launching. Should be really cool. So if if you're a primary Pandora listener or if you want a new way to experience podcasting, uh, head over to Pandora. You can look up more information on their website uh, but as i understand it it's a podcasting service that links you your likes to to other podcasts and so you can listen to podcasts that way uh, so it should give us a lot of new listeners um we are getting jumping in there early uh, and also if you're listening on pandora welcome to chapter tactics you can always email me frontlinegamingpdpop at gmail.com if you have more questions about what we do here at frontline gaming speaking of frontline gaming this episode is brought to you by Frontline Gaming, your one-stop shop for all things 40K, tabletop news, 40K tactics, painting, ITC terrain, FLG mats, and more. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more info. All right. Chapter approved. Uh, I think I think the, the first thing I kind of wanted to do here is I kind of wanted to talk about just a roundtable discussion on uh, the Sisters of Battle Codex or Adeptus Sororitas Codex. I wanted to jump in there first because uh, we knew we were going to get the points changes. We knew we were going to get the uh, the rules, whether the beta rules that would either get included or not. Um, I, f I forgot what rules were in Chapter Approved, but I know Chapter Approved uh, basically uh, makes rules rules, right? So you have the beta rules included in the FAQs and then Chapter Approved says, okay, these rules are good to go. Um, so we got the points changes in the rules, uh, but the Sisters Codex is a new thing that I didn't think they'd actually add into the chapter approved book. I thought it was kind of brilliant that they threw in a, a beta codex into this book, kind of gave Sisters of Battles players um, something that the rest of the codexes and the rest of the factions didn't have, uh, and that is the ability to look at their codex before its official print run uh, and change the things that they don't like or that they like about it. Uh, and it's obviously the Sisters of Battle Codex is historically you know, had its up and downs, right? Um, with in terms of releases uh, and what the sisters players have gotten. Um, so, uh, looking through kind of like the internet's initial reactions to it, it seems overall negative. Um, and uh, I'll let Reese go ahead and take this away. Reese, why why do you think people are looking at it negatively, and why do you think they have reasons to be negative, or are they completely wrong? Um. Well, you, in a community of people that care passionately about something and they had preconceived notions, if they're not met, they're going to be upset, right? But um, it's better than the index. Maybe it didn't hit the mark, you know, bullseye for what people were hoping for. But what it does give you is uh, uh, stratagems, relics, warlord traits. Um, you get a lot more tools in your tool chest. But uh, as for people being... Uh, Belly aching online, well, that's just a part of the hobby. <laughs> I think Frankie is really the person to field this question more so than me because he plays uh, Sisters of Battle, and um, his insights into it will probably be a little bit more uh, telling than my own. 
Yeah, I think uh, the main reason people might be upset with it is just the change to um, Acts of Faith. It's a lot different than the way it worked in the index. Um, I personally like the change. I thought the index version was a little bit too strong, uh, for my opinion. Being able to move twice uh, and all that stuff um, from the index was pretty powerful. So I like the change that they made to it in the beta codex, but I can definitely see why people would be upset about it. Jeff, do you think do you think this is going to kind of change how we see sisters used at like for example the Las Vegas Open, um, or do you think people are still going to try and ally them in for for maybe not Celestine but maybe for some of those stratagems? Um, I definitely see people bringing a lot more Stormbolter sisters because that stratagem that makes Stormbolters two damage is crazy. Um, but wh where do you think their place is now in 40k after the Codex? I'm actually really excited about them. It kind of reading through the Index Codex here, they are much more of a finesse army, which I'm really enjoying coming out of them from the last few Codexes. I would say other than the Knight Codex, which was pretty... Uh, it's a great Codex, but it's a very much so a blunt object, right? Like, obviously, if you misplay a Knight, that can cost you the game, and that's their kind of eloquence, if you will. But otherwise, you know, it's a big giant robot that destroys stuff. But the Sisters Codex is, like, chock full of... Like, you asked if they're going to be allied in. I, I definitely think so, but I think... What's so cool about them is that they're going to have a lot of potential for very cerebral plays, um, and then if you don't play them particularly well, you'll get punished really hard for it. So I don't think it's like, you won't be hearing people being like, hey man, you're getting into Warhammer 40k? You should check out Sisters. That's a great army to start off with, because I, I don't think anyone will ever say that, and probably never has. Um, but with the Index Codex, you're going to see really smart players be able to use these guys, gals, as it were, really well, I think. Okay. Uh, and I think I think I kind of agree with all of you. Um, I think my initial response to it, uh, or I guess my initial projection is basically they look like they've gotten a little worse in terms of being an allied detachment. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. That's because Celestine, Celestine obviously got nerfed a little. Um, she lost wounds. She went down in points. Um, she lost her ability to move twice. Uh, and then Seraphim got nerfed a little bit too. I believe there there's... At their ability no longer lets them reroll invulns. I think they just get plus one to their invuln, um, or or something. Um, so they lost their ability to reroll invulns, which wasn't that big of a nerf. Um, but they did get a lot better in terms of just being a pure codex. Like they feel much more fleshed out. Uh, if you see a sisters army with fifteen, fourteen hundred points of sisters or more, um, with maybe some allies, maybe some assassins or some guard. I think that's a much more viable army if if you play sisters and you want to take them to a big event. Um, and I don't know anything about the penitent engines, um, though they look really good. The penitent engines got way better. <laughs> yeah, I I obviously haven't I haven't seen them in the wild yet. Um, you know, but but on paper, anyways, they look like like they're phenomenal. I'd run like fifty of them if I could. So, I think what, what's nice about Sisters is there's gonna they have a little bit, and this is not a pure comparison, obviously, but they have a little bit of a Yanari feel to, the, to me for them, where they're going to be able to execute things. Um, and, and if you even just look at their Acts of Faith, there's just a pretty big list of them. And there's even a little bit of RNG involved with them as well. Like They're not as auto as they used to be, right? Like on a 2+, plus or just some of them are actually automatic. So it's going to be kind of fun where things are going to be happening in the game that you may or may not have expected. Uh, and the more experienced sister player that's able to kind of connect. And, and the other thing here, too, is they're a much more um, 
like aura oriented army and, and ability oriented army than mm-hmm. before, in my opinion. Which is again good for the player that knows what they're doing and bad for the player that doesn't. Which is a a skill cap in, in Warhammer that I like seeing getting raised up. So I, I see sisters doing that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I think uh, I think sisters before were more of a mechanized army. I think with this beta codex, they're actually more of like a horde army. You're going to want a lot of infantry because they've got a lot of auras, um, their abilities. They're actually pretty good in close combat. Um, so I, th- I think you're going to see like a horde of sisters running up the table. And they have the tools for everything. They o- they already bring a lot of Melta, obviously, to the table, which is something we don't see very much of. But then, like you said, Stormbolters are going to be a thing. They have a lot of access to Flamers. So they, they're going to they're gonna be good in the meta, too, in the sense that they're not going to be like, oh, dang, it's it's a you know three big robots. I have no answer for that. Or it's a ton of orcs. I have no answer for that. They have answers for everything, which is uh, really fun at the list building stage as well. They're, they're not going to be lacking something, in my opinion. They're also really tough, too. I know they're T3, but they have an army-wide three-up armor save, essentially, uh, with a two-up with that new stratagem if they go second. Um so one thing I was kind of thinking about would be a cool list would be like a Knight Castellan or maybe like an, or maybe even a Knight Gallant, but a Knight Castellan because, because of the long range shooting. Uh, and then just like as many sister bodies as you could, can put on the board uh, with maybe a Penitent Engine or, or maybe Celestine or, or maybe if you want to dip into allies for like a Smash Captain or something, kind of just roaming around and, and putting out fires and doing its thing. Uh, I think that's something. I think that's a list that'd be very difficult for for a lot of horde armies to deal with, like orcs, for example. So um, the orcs are going to smash into those sisters, and then you'll lose sisters, but then you'll just mow them down with all your shots and all your buffs. Uh, so it'd be interesting. I, I'm kind of interested to hear what sisters players have to say. Uh, I know there's not very many of you, but I'm hoping that more of you will come out of the woodwork and participate in places like the Las Vegas Open and show us exactly what lists people should run and shouldn't run with sisters. Uh, and also in, in general, I, I've been reading comments online uh, in, in general, the comments I've seen have been really negative. Uh, but of course I, I don't have an omniscient view or omnipotent, omnipotent view of the, of the internet world. I got there eventually. Got there. <laughs> it's not um, the journey. It's the destination, but um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take the, I, so the, Tip of the hat I would give to the negativity is that, and, and I'm going to talk against it, to be honest with you, but um, I understand that having a beta codex, especially as the first one, is a little bit rough. And then I also get that, especially for the sisters who have obviously been waiting a very long time for models and uh, flushed out rules and all that kind of stuff. But what I would say is that this could be, while it's not as exciting as, boom, here's a codex, here's new models, here's all this excitement, it is an amazing opportunity. Like, if at this time you don't like something or you notice a glaring because because you know every codex is need an faq right there's been something wrong or something underpowered or overpowered this is a cool opportunity to voice that communicate it you know tell gw what you would have liked or, or don't like and if there's enough of you and, and it is received at home at gw this is an opportunity for the codex that you want right whereas a lot of times a codex launches and you're like well that unit sucks and they're like well that's what you get and you're like okay <laughs> dang uh, this is so I understand it, and I try to put the shoe on the other foot, right? Like if if they were like, Gene Sarah Colt's going to have a beta codex, and you're not going to get a real codex for a while, I'd be like, eh, I'd be kind of upset, but at the same time, nobody is going to say that it's not better than the index, right? So it still is more tools and more ability to play with your models, which I'm excited about. I'm 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 playing index Gene Sarah Colt right now because I'm so excited for the codex. So I have a tough time identifying with the the anger, I guess. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I've noticed in general that it always makes me kind of like chuckle to myself is that people who are like mad at chapter approved and like I, I, I try to be empathetic, but it's like I've had a number of my friends that play faction whatever and they're like chapter proof sucks and I'm like why? And they're like, my army didn't get fixed enough. I'm like, you got like 20 points adjustments. Your list probably gained an extra 100, 200 points, and you're upset. Like, I, I just don't – I understand that you feel disappointed because you had a different expectation, but it's like, why don't you take a deep breath, rewrite your list with the new points, and I think you'll see that there's a lot to be really happy about. Like, it is, it's strange to see some of the reactions that – because it's been mostly really positive, but – Every now and then you get like a curmudgeon and you're like, how can you possibly be mad that your units in war gear got cheaper? <laughs> like, I almost wonder if it's a little bit of we're, we're finally out of the honeymoon stage of 8th edition, right? Like uh, people are happy and comfortable enough to actually show their, their little bit of spite and anger, I think. Uh, because I absolutely agree with Reese and everything you said. Like you can, and, but the funny thing to me is like, are you... Are you new to Warhammer? Is, or is this... And, and I've actually, like, I've confronted people a couple times. One of my favorite responses I got... And I'm going to throw him under the bus because he's an old man with kids now. So he's strong enough to take it. But one time, my buddy Paul McKelvey, a famous Tau player, was, like, <laughs> really just salting it up a little bit. And I, I was kind of counterpointing him. And eventually I was like, hey, man, like, it sounds like you're really upset about this. Like, don't you enjoy the crap out of this game? And he's like, Jeff... And he just, like, point blank said to me, he's like, complaining about Warhammer is part of the game. Like, if, if I don't have this outlet, <laughs> you know, what am I going to... Like, this is just what we do. And I, and I, I had this weird light bulb moment, because for me, I thought a lot of the complaints were... And, and they are legitimate, right? But but at some point, too, there's this weird culture of Warhammer where it's like, it's never going to be enough. Um, so I, I know I say this, and there's going to be people here, and they're like, Jeff, you idiot, or whatever, and it's, it's fine. But for me try and have a more global perspective on where we are now where like gw is responsive they're talking they're doing a beta codex because they want feedback um and we ha we're in a stage where we can actually help mold and shape the game that we love and uh if that's you know if it still rocks your world and makes you really salty and angry then you know more power to you i guess but uh, i'm really happy uh the, the yeah there's, there's nothing to be there's almost nothing to be like truly upset about with this book um there's a couple units that went up in points that you could maybe gripe a little bit, but generally speaking, underperforming units for every codex that was covered in the book got better. Like, there's just not a whole lot of room to actually objectively be upset. Yeah, yeah I, I agree entirely. And we'll, we'll actually, this is a good segue into the first um, the first two factions we'll talk about. And the, the reason why I'm going to lump them together is because uh, they're on the same page. And that's the Adeptus Custodes and the Adeptus Mechanicus, right? Yeah. So, um Kind of, I don't want to gloss too much over the Custodes, but I, I do want to gloss over a little bit because the Adeptus Mechanicus changes are so vast. Um, but I like I like the Custodes changes. Uh, they didn't touch they didn't touch the um, jet bikes. I can Don summarize real quick if you want. Good. Good. I can Jeff. summarize real quick if you want. Good. So the Custodes changes were good, and I think it's it's that funny line we're talking about where you can be happy about this, but maybe you could have been more happy, but that's okay. Trahan going down 65 points was a big must-have. He's slow, but he's incredibly powerful. He's a really fun character. He's in all my lists these days because he's just such an amazing model and, and guy to play. But he's really appropriately priced now, if not maybe a little bit cheaper. Um, but I'm okay with that. The One of the big changes that I really enjoyed is they changed the salvo from 25 to 15, which really needed to happen because you never saw missile salvos on any of the Virtus Praetors. 
um, because at 25 points, it was just too much of a cost for a single-shot Melta missile, which is really powerful and awesome, especially off such a reliably accurate model like a Custodes. But um, it also had like fairly inbuilt nerfs where... Uh, not nerf per se, but just uh, handicaps, I suppose. Like, it's minus one if you move. Um, so it goes to a three up, which is still very accurate. Don't get me wrong. But at 25 points for that single shot, eh, you know, you can't really spam them and, and it's hard to get. So that was a really good change. Uh, I thought what was kind of funny is they went down, I think it was about five points on the Alaris uh, Terminators. Probably <laughs> needed to be a bit more to make them more competitive of a choice versus Virtus Praetors because they still. At, at just a little bit cheaper, it doesn't do that much to, to pull up my heartstrings. And then they made Wardens about five points cheaper as well, which is, uh, again, you, you virtually never see Wardens. If you do, it's it's some guy named Jared who's just there with his kid to have a good time. Uh, and he's got five of them, right? So now he's got 25 extra points in that Custodes list, which you guessed it. Uh, that's a couple of misericordias on some of these guys here, so look out for the little switchblades. Um, so at the end it's of the day, it's a power switchblade. Well, it's a power. Though. It's a yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so they're okay changes. I and I the kind of funny tough spot they were in. I know I'm going way beyond this, but you asked about Casillas, so now I'm going to talk forever. Just kidding. Um, the 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 difference between a custodian guard infantry guy and a warden is one attack and a six up feel no pain. And access to the axe, which is nice, don't get me wrong, but is it, you know, 15 points nicer? Probably not. Um, so that's why you just basically don't see him. And wardens are elites versus guard being um, troop choices, so it's better for a battalion, that kind of a thing. So I would have liked to see a little bit more, but I'm happy. I'm going to be playing my custodies. You're going to see more of them. And then we can talk about Admech, or if anyone had any other comments, too. No, you pretty much covered it, I, I say. Uh, I just um, I did, I did want to make one point off of uh, Jeff's point there is that you'll notice throughout um, a lot of these that a lot of characters got cheaper. Yeah. And uh, I had seen a comment from somebody who was like, "Oh, I guess they want us to play Hero Hammer," and I was like, "No, not really." With the rule of three in place, yeah. you don't have to worry about characters being spammed as much. And so, by lowering the points of the characters, you make it easier for armies to get more detachments, especially armies like Necrons. Um, Admech, which we're about to talk about, got huge point reductions in the HQ department. Yep. And um, when you take away the fear of spam, you, you can be a little bit more aggressive on the pointing of a unit, especially in HQ, because you don't have to worry about someone taking 50 of them. Yeah. You know? And the synergies um, become more fun, because a lot of those characters have fun bubbles or interactions yep. with other units. But a lot of lists were like, especially like a Necron player would be like, well, I've got five really cool characters, but I can only take two or three of them. Now, hopefully, the idea is you can take more. So more oh, totally. Uh, also, Go ahead, uh, I was gonna say also, so many codexes have so many bad characters. Like, I, I didn't realize how many characters needed to go down in points, and so I looked at this book. Um, but it felt like every codex has had like one or two characters at HQ choices minimum that went down five to ten points that needed it. And you're like, oh, I, I had no idea. People weren't using chaplains. Well, I, I knew that, but I was just using them as an example. Um, and, and I think I think it, it's good for variety. Um, I, I think that overall, an HQ slot shouldn't be more than more than eighty-five to a hundred points. Uh, and then you know, guard company commanders. The reason why you saw them is because they're thirty-point HQ choices, which is really really good. Um, so you know, and, and if you looked at like the average, the average HQ choice was like double that. Right, so um, I think it needed it, 
and I think a lot of the HQ choices are going to be used more, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the whole <clears throat> the whole idea is to make more options more appealing, and then hopefully you get more variety. Now, the com- the competitive community tends to zero in on whatever they perceive to be the best thing until somebody comes out with something that counters or it or is better. Uh, so that will probably still happen, but um, you know, for the non ten percent of people who are super focused on that, so much more of the game is opened up, and it's gonna be really exciting to see what people do with it. Um, I know a lot of my lists have dramatically changed. Like my admec list went down three hundred and thirty points. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about this, right? So th- some big jumps jumping out to me. First off, Catafron Destroyers got cut in half. They went from 30 points a model to 15 points a model, which is just a little bit over what a Space Marine gets you, um, which is actually crazy because the, they have more wounds in a Space Marine and and better shooting. Um, and they're only one point more. Oh, I guess with the guns, they're a little they, bit more. They pay that. for the gun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you pay for the guns. They're, they're two points more base, and then they have guns, yeah. But the guns got adjustments in many cases, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, and then um, the Iron Striders went cheaper. Uh, it Call obviously got cheaper. He got fifty points cheaper, um, but it's just crazy how much how cheaper just across the board the codex got. Um, it's insane. Uh, they needed it. They yeah, needed it. I mean the the Cataphon destroyers are like uh, fifty low fifties now, um, and like you said, they've got good guns, uh, all kinds of stuff. Like uh, they, they, there's a lot to be excited about for Admech players. So, Reese, you have you have an Admic army. You said you you lost about three hundred points um, off shaved off your list. Uh, what do you think people are going to start bringing now, or or do you think people are going to bring you Admic or as allies? What's their future? Um, I think some of the units you already discussed, like uh, Catafron destroyers and even breachers, are going to be seen now. Um, they're just very they're, they come in at a really uh, appealing price point. Uh, Rangers and Vanguard are really, really affordable now. The Arquebus went down to 15 points. Um, so you could build a list with a lot of the Transaronic Arquebuses um, to put on units of, uh, of uh, Rangers to sit in the backfield and plink away at characters. Are, they're one of the better sniper weapons in the game. Call went down. The Dominus went down. The Tech Priest Engine Seer went down. Um, infiltrators, who I, I actually really like Infiltrators. Uh, you take a unit of 10, you deep strike them with the uh, uh, Flechette Blasters. They have five shots each and use Wrath of Mars on them. And um, they're they're really, really, uh, really appealing. You can combo some other effects on there. Um, Electro Priests are already being taken. Uh, the Dragoons, all that stuff. They're, they're just going to be a lot more appealing. Whether or not they become a top tier army, I don't know. But the fact that I could take the same list I had with pretty much adding a Knight in, that's clearly going to make them a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the big change is their HQs going down. The that was a big problem for Admech. Their HQs were so expensive, so they didn't get a lot of command points if you were just running them by themselves. But now with the big points drops to their HQs, um, I think you're going to see more Admech uh, players. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing I like is that GW didn't touch the Corpus Scari Electro Priests, um, which were pretty much the best thing in that codex, in my opinion. Um, priests in the the drills the termite drills um w- which shows that gw uh maybe with some help from from people uh you know which which units are powerful and don't need to be touched or nerfed or or buffed um in each codex and and you kind of saw that trend across the board but like for example the next faction we'll talk about your blood angels um they got a drop a 
Pablo, I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy, but I think that's a really good time to mention. Um, the uh, Admech also got a couple of specialist attachments in Vigilus, Ooh, okay. and they're really good. Uh, not to sidetrack sure, too much, ahead. but if you're an Admech player, um, the Cybernetica cohort is really good. It gives like plus three to charge for your punchy robots. Uh, you can switch your protocols uh, every turn, and uh, you can turn your um, weapons into assault weapons for shooting purposes. So <laughs> it's pretty damn good. It's huge because um, for the uh, shooty cataphrons, which are, or Castellans, excuse me, which is like the, obviously the favorite pick for them. The big nerf there, or the big problem for them was that an admic in general was moving around the table and being mobile. So a lot of times you just want to plant, and that's cool, but if there's line of sight blocking, which there should be, then your ability to do anything is pretty limited. With this, they're going to be more mobile and still able to kind of keep up their fire output. So it's going to it alleviates one of the huge concerns for that that army. It, it and I, I like that because Admech have always felt like the Tau of the Imperium, right? They're high high shooting army, low mobility. Um, though they do have better melee, obviously, than Tau. Um, they play a little different, but uh, I do like that they gave them some mobility and even with the that with what you get from Vigilist Defiant and these points drops, I don't feel like Admech are going to take over the game, right? I, I don't feel like like I don't nothing jumps out at me. It's something that's a must take that that's just going to absolutely be you know dominant and be the next Inari, um, which is good. No, but if you're playing Admech, if you have Admech models, you just flat out cannot look at chapter proof and not be excited. They absolutely, Onagers got cheaper for Pete's sakes, and Onagers <laughs> are in every single list, like. They, I think it's really almost just Castellans that did not get cheaper. Everything else virtually did. Um, so across the board, you're getting hundreds of points, and it's just going to give you more flexibility and more bodies, so you get to play with more toys at the very least. I don't think it needs to be absolutely crushing the LVO for it to be an accomplished and successful chapter approved. I just think it needs to be some of these models were too expensive for what they did. They're a lot cheaper now. You can play with more of them. Okay. Yeah. Forgive me. I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to to downplay what they got. I was just trying to. I was. I was more just giving GW credit where credits due. Um. You know, a lot of times with these game balance changes, you can really mess up one way or another. Um. Sure. And I, I felt like this was spot on. Um. This nerf, the Admech nerf in particular, or the buff uh, in particular to the Codex. The buff. Yeah. But I, I would just to limelight again. This particular reset with Vigilus. That was what Castellans needed. Um. I do like the plus three to charge on the punchy robots because still literally nobody will take that. But Reese gets another opportunity to talk about his punchy Castellans that he also doesn't take. And then in that specialist attachment, he will almost take them. You, you know, little known fact. I about actually Reese, I actually do use them, Jeff. I just haven't played my Admech in a while. Little known fact about Reese. He likes to grab his assault centurions and his punchy Castellans and yeah. make kissy noises in front of his computer. <laughs> Um, and, and talk about the the glory days and and the future, and and conquering the world. Yeah, don't forget it's, about his mutilators. Oh, mutilators too, Reese. Using the mutilators at the desk. I, I, I think the mutilators are the ones looking through the window in the rain. I, hey, even even I don't make a case for mutilators. Okay, like the, the punchy robots, you can make them work if you want to, but the mutilators, I'm they're just poor they're mutilators. just <laughs> somewhere. I feel like yeah. a mutilator model is sitting on a shelf. Looking into a window in the rain yeah. at one of us right now, crying. <laughs> but hey, good news, guys. Their points went down. So <laughs> I think Shock. I think if yeah. if anything is a Pokemon in 40k, it'd be a mutilator. <laughs> and it's just like a mutilator. <laughs> well, it's just like a fundamentally flawed 
concept, you know, like they, <laughs> let's make an assault unit that's really, really slow. All right, it's, they so, made the obliterators, and they're like, we need another, we need another unit that that does exactly what the obliterators does, but not. Yeah. yeah. Our, <laughs> I mean, speaking of centurions, though, that's another huge winner. Is Devastator centurions went down up like. 50%. Okay, okay, so let's it. talk about Blood Angels. Um, the, the next the next faction up on the list. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned before, um, GWs did pinpoint the the top units um, that people were bringing and either nerfed them or left them unchanged, which I thought was very intelligent. Um, so they're bringing more in, everything <coughs> in line with the powerful units. Um, Blood Angels are a prime example. All of their HQ choices, except for one guy, I'll give you one guess while I explain the HQ choices, they all got their points dropped. Um, which they all, all needed. Uh, a lot of those, other than the Smash Captain, they all pretty much needed a points drop. Uh, and the guy who got the nerf uh, was Mr. Chief Librarian Mephiston. Um, Chief Librarian Smash Smash Captain. Or I don't know. I don't know what to call. Him. Basically, everyone brought him. It, it was either him and a Smash Captain, or two Smash Captains, and that was the Blood Angel detachments. Um, so he went up in points, which I thought was fair. Um, I used them a lot, and I felt like he was a little undercosted. Uh, and then they got the Space Marine treatment the, that all the Space Marine factions got, which was um, Terminators went down. Uh, obviously, the Salt Centurions went down. Uh, and basically, elite choices across the board went down, and the Intercessors went down by one point, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but Primaris Intercessors are already flirting with that with that space between being really, really valuable in terms of points per wound and not. And I really want to bring them. And if GW keeps lowering them by one point, chapter approved 2019, I'm going to I'm gonna run an entire army of just intercessors. It's going to be great. Well, uh, Pablo, let me let me add some spice to that that uh, stew that you're spice cooking. Spice it up, Reese. Because, oh, here I go. That's going to be my new punchline. Let's kick it up a notch. I don't think anybody else has done that one yet. Uh in the uh, Vigilus, if you really want to take uh, Intercessors, there is a Specialist Detachment, the Indominus Crusaders, and you can make uh, a unit of Intercessors veteran, um, and they get plus one attack, and then they get access to more stratagems for veteran Intercessors. They can do things like make their auto bolt rifles auto hit, or make their stalker bolt rifles sniper weapons, or have uh, their uh, bolt rifles become rapid fire too. Wow. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Ten of them put out forty shots, and at range fifteen, they auto hit with two strategies. Well, no, that you can't do both. You can't do both. You can't um, do both. Just but you could have thirty attacks. You can do both unless they unit. catch you. That's what happens there? <laughs> it's just it's really really cool. So you can have the veteran intercessors. Um, let's say you're playing against Eldar or something, and they've got minus two to hit guys, and you you actually took the. Uh, the Assault 2 Bolter, which not many people do, but now you might. And then you're like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to auto-hit you with my Bolters and you're dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really powerful. I, I I like what they're doing with the Intercessors. I like what they did with them in Vigilist Defiant. Um, and then Reese was telling me about a unit I, I saw and that I didn't know the rules for, um, which, which is the um, Vec, Vec... I don't know their name. The Honor Guard guys. Yeah. Um, Strix Guard? They're, they're, they're sick. The Vicatrice Honor Guard. Yeah, the, so so as Reese was telling me, they have four attacks each, three wounds, um, which is already that honor guard uh, champion. If you if you're familiar with the Space Marine honor guard, um, that that honor guard champion stat line, which is which is better than the regular. No, guys. it's better. Yeah, yeah, 
the regular ones had two wounds the, and three attacks. These guys have three wounds and four attacks. I, I, I was talking about the the champion guy. I forgot his name. The the guy you brought to Nova and just like Peter Gabriel. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The the company champion. Yeah, the the, the or the chapter champion. Um, cause, but, but basically they all have his stat line now, which, which makes a lot more sense. Um, and they, they have the ability to take wounds for characters, uh, and they all have storm shields as well. Um, which is something that I thought honor guard should have had anyways. And they never had they that had option. Good. They have a two up save and they have a two up save. Well, they, they always had the two up save, um, which of, of course they have to have like artificer armor. Um, but the storm shield was always what got me. Was there, these guys were supposed to be like the protectors of the the chapters chapter master the the greatest warriors and they, they never got storm shields this just didn't make any sense to me um, ever since I started playing I've been wanting to run them but they never had storm shields so I'm glad these guys have storm shields yeah and um, at 35 well it's 70 points for the unit of two with power swords on top of it like they're legit they're really good um, especially in the in the age of the stupid Shield breaker missile, and now with sniper rifles going down to two points, uh, sniper spam armies I think are going to become a thing. These these uh, honor guard type characters are going to become more and more important. Yep. Um. So so let's talk about uh, terminators before we move on to chaos. Uh. Obviously, terminators got another points decrease. Um. <laughs> they needed it. The last chapter proved it wasn't enough. They they went down to twenty three points a model. Um, or with storm bolters and power fists, um, a little under, I think, 150 points for the unit, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I didn't feel like doing the math right now, but basically, they went down even more. Um, do you think we're finally going to start seeing them? Uh, they're still two wounds with a two-up save, and then a bunch of storm bolters and an access to a bunch of cool weapons. I unfortunately think that uh, terminators kind of suffer the same thing as like marines at this point. It's not really a points thing, it's more of like their stats. So I, I still don't think the Terminator is going to be t- I think you're right. I mean, I, I have to agree with Frankie. The fundamental problem with... Um, uh, the fundamental problem in the game right now is when you only have one wound. Um, it's just it's just too swingy, especially when you have modifiers to your save. So um, I'm sure you could make them work if you, if you built a list around it. Because they are so cheap now, they're what are they, uh, 25, like 33, 34 points now? They're really affordable. And um, if you did like a Dawn Hoosin where you built a list that leverages them um, and you had some really cool combo, you could, like with some psychic powers or some stratagems or whatnot, you could probably make them work because they're not that expensive. But I still don't think they jump off the page and scream power at you. Mm. I, I think yeah. I agree, sadly. Yeah, uh, for me, it's always been too that the points going down is nice because that is one of their issues was they were too expensive. But I think the kind of silly thing about them is that they're not, they don't feel very specialist, right? Like a lot of what a Terminator can do, other things in your army can do just as fine, if not for less points. And maybe it's even safer because Terminators kind of want to get up in your face to do whatever it is they're going to do. Um, but then they don't have the resiliency to kind of match that, right? So things like um, a native four or three up in an extra wound to make them like three wounds or four or something like that. Something to give them that feel of, oh my god, I have to I have to slog through Terminators. Whereas right now it's like, oh shit, they're nine inches away. Oh, they didn't make their charge. Okay, well, they're gone. Thanks. That was cool. It's cool that you took them. They were beautifully painted. And then you move on, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they had a third wound, a third attack, 
now you're cooking with some steam, but uh, they're they're just susceptible to just getting smoked by a cheap weapon. Um, but like like with space wolves, when they can take a power weapon, although the power fist is only nine points now, so it's not that big of a deal. But if you're playing like space wolves, where you just had a power sword uh, or a maul, and now you're talking about like a thirty point model, um, uh, or I think it's even twenty nine points, you could take ten, drop them down, stormbolt or something. And then uh, throw on some buffs, like minus one to hit, count, put him in cover. And now it's like, yeah, you can make that work. And one, um, one quick but then clarification. But the question you're always... Go ahead. Sorry, just quick, because you had said something. But when you cook with steam from the era that Reese is from, that's that's a better <laughs> way to cook. So he, he meant that that's a, that's a good thing. Go ahead, Reese. <laughs> I actually meant to say cooking with gas. I don't know where I came with the steam thing from, but... Uh... Yeah, you know what? That's actually a good metaphor for Terminators. You're really cooking with some steam there, kid. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, uh, we'll, and we'll cover a little bit more of the Space Marine factions, but in general, with the exception of Grey Knights and Death Watch, I feel like that's that's really where where Space Marines stand is, is they got stuff um, points produced across the board, um, but some of the the lesser used units are just probably not going to see a lot of play. Um, although I did like that Stern Guard went down some points because um, I was on in Reese's boat where I thought they were already really good, um, and then I got a slight points decrease, which which is nice. Um, yeah. So let, I, I, just to, oh, go ahead, Reese. I'm sorry, but I was just going to say just to put it in context because I know when we did the live uh, chapter approved review, um, which you, if you guys want to see it, it's going to be on YouTube by the time this airs. Um, and you can watch it on Twitch. Uh, there were some people who were like, oh, the Tactical Marines didn't go down in points. And I'm like, uh, well, don't just look at one unit, right? Like, to put it in context, my Ultramarines list, which I've been doing really well with, I made, uh, I was 15th at Nova. I've uh, done really well at local events. Um, and again, I'm not like the world's greatest player. It's just Space Marines still have some tricks up their sleeve. Um, I was able to uh, take the exact same list and then add in two honor guard and a thunderfire cannon, like with the with the total points reductions. So that's huge, right? I mean, that's like a, a ton of extra stuff that you can put in there and into a list that was already functioning well. So uh, if you're a space marine player, try not to zero in on just one thing or one unit. Go rewrite your army and then look because the tactical marine didn't go down. Because and the reason you don't want them to get too cheap is you don't want it to turn into a horde army because that goes against the IP of the of the uh the space marine but all of his like almost all of his war gear options got cheaper and the, and the characters around him got cheaper so he himself his points didn't go down but his list got more freedom like there's more room so like in a roundabout way he's cheaper because the other things that you take to support him or augment him are cheaper uh, so so actually I, I realized when we talked about blood angels um we skipped a faction astromil we actually skipped two fractions uh but we'll talk about Eldar after Astra Militarum. Um, so in regards to Astra Militarum, uh, more points changes, more points decreases across the board. Um, it really feels like GW wants you guys to stop buying 30 infantrymen and two commanders. Yeah, I mean, people are still going to do that. The Brave 32 is still just as good as it, as, as it was post-FAQ. But um, if you do want to get in there and, and mix things up a little bit, you can, and uh, to, to give another example, Frankie was teasing me, he's like, you, you got to stop doing this or people are going to, the, the bizarre rumors that you're like trying to fix the game to help yourself or something silly like that will persist, but I just use this as a, a point of reference. My Catachan Brigade 
with all the points adjustments, I was able to put in two units of veterans with chimeras into the list. Like that's how much better it got. Um, and, and if you are someone who actually plays Astro Militarum and doesn't just take him as a supplemental detachment, it's awesome. And uh, Vigilist Defiant Oof. gives you some amazing specialist detachments that can make, like, uh, you can shoot a Basilisk or a Wyvern twice. You can make it um, not shoot, but you pick an enemy unit and they can't Overwatch and they have their movement. Um, you have fun stuff like uh, you can move a Chimera and then the unit can get out after it moves. There's plus one AP aura and- as well. Yeah, oh, wow. and you can have like Chimera's Overwatch for units. You can have Valkyrie's Overwatch for units, like at like Tau style. So like, if you play, if you actually play an Ash Militarum army, there's it, it's really cool. Like so much stuff <laughs> got more appealing. Um, I, I, it's very exciting in, in my opinion. theirs might have been the best um, to come out of Vigilus, and it's insane about all. Of them. So, yeah, the, the specialist attachments are so cool for guards. There's a tank, one and the rad thing amazing. is, is that you. You pick it at the table. Like, you go, oh, wow, I really need my my artillery to be good this game. I'm going to make myself the the Emperor's Artillery Wrath Brigade or whatever. Um, and then you get all these extra bonuses. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and to briefly explain to those of you who maybe don't know what we're talking about or or don't know how it works, uh, you basically, you, at the start of the game, you, you can spend one command point to turn one of your detachments into a specialist detachment, um, probably found in the campaign book as like a regiment or something in the campaign book. Uh, and then you get certain units... Um, get special keywords, and then the detachment gives units with those keywords buffs. Um, so as you guys saw with the orcs, if you guys uh, you know go to Warhammer community page, uh, the Speed Freaks keyword they GW released. Um, basically, multiple factions in the Vigilist Defiant book get those special detachments, um, and it sounds like it sounds like they're pretty cool. Uh, you know, I probably should go out and buy one. Um, well, that's how it works. You spend one command point. It's not. It, they're not formations. Uh, and and from my understanding, they don't have a special tau detachment that lets your riptides shoot twice. So so they're not quite formations. Yeah, they're not formations. They like all it does is give your detachment an extra keyword, and then you it, it, only certain units in the detachment get the keywords. Very thematic, and then you get access to a new warlord trait. You can spend another CP and make another character a warlord to get that specific warlord trait. Um, it gives you an extra relic. It usually gives you a couple, usually two extra stratagems uh, or more. And um, and that's it. So it's not crazy and you have to burn resources to get them, but they're very thematic and they're very useful in certain situations. But the, the beauty of it is uh, it's not at the list building phase. It's on the table. It's like game by game. So um, it, it further, it adds another level of tactical strategic depth to the game that the skilled player can take advantage of, which is awesome. All right. So um, let, let's move on to to uh, Chaos next. Uh, they have, they're next up on my list. Am I skipping a faction? Um, we were on Ashmole Terram, and then we did Blood Angels. Another thing to mention for Marines, too, bikes got huge points reductions. So if you want to do a, a biker army, it's much, much more viable. Yeah, even scout bikes, um, which which I thought was kind of... They didn't go down a whole... I think they went down like two points a model, maybe, or something. Not they, a lot. They went down just to keep them in alignment with other bikes in the game. Mm. Um, they're already an exceptional unit. Now they're even better. Yeah. Uh, and then we were on to Chaos Demons, was after Blood Angels. Yeah. So, so uh, Chaos, Chaos Demons... Um, well, one thing I want to point out before I open it up to Frankie, who 
who I know has who plays Chaos. Uh, Reese's boy Scarbrand went down in points. He now costs less than what a Land Raider used to cost uh, in in the index. <laughs> yeah, he went down thirty points. Congratulations, Scarbrand. Um, I still don't think he's very viable um, above three hundred points, but um, you know, he's worth every point. Oh, okay. He does. He does great for me. I mean, I I damn near won the Hammer of Wrath GT with Scarbrand. The only game I lost is because I clocked out. <laughs> My opponent had like eight models left on the table. Um, yeah, I, I found out that I was playing too slow there. The chess clock, iron ironically, <laughs> was my doom. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, I think Scarbrand is is worth it if you play him in a list that's designed to use him. Otherwise, yeah, he's, he's he struggles. All right, Frankie, take it away. What, what do you like from these guys? Oh, dude, Demon's got huge buffs. Um, Slanesh got a lot of buffs, which is cool. Um, Keeper Secrets are like very viable now. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, Nurgle demons went down quite a bit, uh, except for the Scrapner, which went up 20 points. So that was a little bit brutal. But um, I'm really digging the changes to Slanesh. Slanesh is actually one of the one of my favorite uh, armies, and I have an entire Slanesh army, so I'm excited to put that one on the table. Um, and especially with those new fiends that are coming out. Good God. And then the uh, new uh, data sheet for fiends going up a wound, and then they also went down in points. So they're going to be amazing. Um, one of the things I would add to this is, you in eighth edition, I've never seen a bloodthirster on the table. Yeah. But after chapter approve, I can I can expect that to change. I do think one of the big victims, or not victims, but like the bully of the scene, that's kind of the reason why we don't see some of the things we see would be the Castellan. Uh, so a lot of these models, like you, you know. Are really like Scarbrand, really cool. Blood, Bloodlines, really cool. But if they're hitting into 10, 20 guardsmen and then getting shot by a Castellan, it's not as cool. So I think that is still kind of an issue that we can talk about when we get to the Knights, obviously. But with them going down in cost, it mitigates a certain element of that risk and doesn't make it such an all eggs in one basket kind of thing, where if they do have that, you just lose. Now it's more of a like, that sucks, but a blood, Bloodthirster is something around like 250 points with this weapon or whatever. Like, that's very reasonable. 260, 240, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I I think the chapter proved hit the nail on the head for demons, for sure. Um, they got huge points reductions, like, all over the board. Like, like Pablo was saying earlier, it's funny when you see the, like, one-point reduction on, like, the Slanesh uh, demonettes. And you're like, oh, that's really not a big change. But it is, if you're running a bunch of... <laughs> that's, that's actually huge. Yeah, it's, it's giant, so you have demonettes now for six points. Is, yeah, one point more than a cultist. Yep. So it's like, uh, they did a really good job, and like Jeff was saying, like all the big guys went down in points, um, and that will, you'll probably start to see them on the table, which is cool. See some great and clean ones, see some bloodthirsters, um, uh, keep our secrets. So... Um... I do like I do like that they they targeted all the big the big chaos demons and stuff um, and, and brought those down in points. But so let's go ahead and flip over to chaos space marines because um, there's a one particular unit that I that I know um, that got nerfed that um, might cause some teeth gnashing or, or maybe ruin some professional lists or some top level lists. That's cultists going up in points. Um, but in general, the chaos space marine codex 
uh, went down a lot of points, um, almost equivalent to AdMech in terms of how many units went down in points. Uh, do you think more people are going to start bringing generic Chaos Space Marines instead of Thousand Suns and Death Watch, Frankie? Or, or, or are we still going to see kind of like a mix of everything? Or I think you're still going to see a mix of everything. That's just kind of the way that uh, Chaos plays. Um, the What's funny are Plague Marines went down in points. Plague Marines are one of the best. Um, actually, really and truly, the, most of the Death Guard things went down, which is crazy. Um, they were already a really strong army. But uh, more about Chaos, like uh, the Sorcerers and Terminator armor went down, which is interesting. But um, then now you can put a Sorcerer and Terminator armor, it makes it more resilient, and uh, they just move a little bit slower. You run them every turn. You don't need the jump pack anymore. Um, so I kind of like that. Uh, Warp Talons went down, which is really cool. That's a unit that you were seeing a lot when 8th edition first came out, but you rarely see them anymore. Now I think you'll see them back on the table. Um, the change to Cultists, unfortunate. Um, that, that definitely hurts Chaos, because that's the main troop that you're seeing on the board. Um, like you said, sure. you might see Chaos Space Marines now in re to replace those, just because they're more resilient. Um, but Well, Frankie, should we give Reese a chance to talk to that? Because I know that, that was a big thing that Reese pushed for, is upping the cost of Cultists. <laughs> that they did. That's, that's, how, that's how Reese rolls. You want to talk about that, Reese? Jeff, I hate you. <laughs> Because there's someone out there that that's going to become a thing now, right? Like then I'm going to have the in addition to crazy s portion of the Tau community, I'll have the Chaos Cultist form a cult that <laughs> to, to take me out. Well, that's your saving. Was well, it guy saving grace though? Is you got all the points reductions for Tau. So. Oh See, yeah, now, yeah. Now the Tau players love you, but now yes. Reese is a giving god. Can I can I take credit for that, please? <laughs> Uh, no, the cult is going up a point. I personally don't think that that was the right call, but um, it is what it is. Uh, and it, it hurts, but like I, I have one of my lists, I had used a, a, of, a bunch of cultists, but I also use Scarbrand. So <laughs> it actually ended up being pretty much a wash. Like the increase in points and the decrease on Scarbrand ended up being, I lost like five or six cultists or something. So it's not the end of the world. But if you had a really finely tuned chaos list and you were taking a ton of cultists and that's really gonna it's it it might wipe out the list like one of the um losing the infiltrate having that changed pretty much put the kibosh on the cultist list anyway but uh, this is like if you were coming up for air that your, your foot just got put on your face and pushed you back under the waves um and chaos space marines unfortunately suffer the space marine problem but even more because they don't have end they show no no fear um, Chaos Space Marines, the unit, are just bad. I, I wish I could make a case for them, but there's not one to be made. But the, the cool thing is, just like the Space Marine Codex and all those others, um, the war gear options all went down in points. So the same thing happened for Chaos. Um, like Everything went down. Well, not everything, but a lot of the weapons and stuff went down, which is huge. So maybe you will see uh, Chaos Space Marines on the board with like melted guns and stuff. Well, Havocs, you, you can totally make Havocs work, right? I'm just talking about the troop choice. There's not much redemption there, in my opinion. And I would love to be proved wrong. Uh, but Chaos in general should be happy. They got a lot of really good points drops. But there was a couple, the, the, the Cultist one is definitely a, a kick in the nuts. Um, but, you know, that's the way these things go sometimes. Yeah, it, it did feel a little heavy-handed um, when I when I saw it. Uh, do you think, so So here's the, the big thing, right? Is the reason why, why I think, uh, it's kind of bad is be because of the five cults are five points, but infantry squads um, for guard are still at four points. 
Uh, and I always felt like those two units were very comparable in terms of their power level, uh, at least before the cultists, the Alpha Legion cultists got nerfed. Uh, now I feel like the Katachan infantry and Kadian infantry are the clear better unit now. Um, do you think that that T3 one wound model with a terrible save should be at five points or four points? Do you, where do you think that is? Where do you think that should be? I think you could make uh, especially Katachans like... And again, don't take this as any indicator of what's going to happen. This is just me expressing my opinion as an individual. Um, I think you could make an argument that Katachan, the doctor, is too strong. Um, a a four-point model that can get three strength four attacks is just way too good. Literally. When a 13-point a space marine has one strength four attack, uh, it doesn't it mathematically doesn't hold up, and that's why you see him in so many winning lists. Uh, but I, I, you could make an argument that a, a guardsman could be five points. In my opinion, I'm sure there's people who are, would not like me to say that, but uh, it would also speed the game up too, because then you would lower the model count uh, in a lot of imperial armies. Um, but you know, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's totally fair to compare those two units. Though the, the cultists are pretty much an infantry spawn. So, yeah, the 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 one thing cultists do have going for them um, that the infantry squads and conscripts don't have is that you get you can still have 40 model un, uh, um, uh, uh, fearless units. I was trying to think of the, the word. Uh, w with like Abaddon and 40 cultists. That, that's still something that, that cultists have that's unique to them and Tyranids. I think I don't think Gaunt squads can go up to no, 40. No, Tyranids. No, they're, uh, cultists are one of the last units in the game that can still go up to 40. And I, I personally don't think any unit should be able to go above 30. Because you, you get the force multiplication issue where a buff is impacting 40 models, not, you know what I mean? It, 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 you get exponentially more output out of a single buff, and that was one of the main reasons to make cultists so strong, is that if you cast a psychic power on them and use a, a stratagem on it, you multiply it times 40, and if they have two melee weapons, it's times 80, and if you have another force multiplier, it just keeps exponentially increasing, and that's problematic, right? The mass of the game isn't meant to scale up in that way. Um so a real fix for cultists would have been making him up to a maximum of 30, leave him at four points, in my opinion, would be better than leaving him at 40 points in, in, or 40 models at five points. But that's not what chapter proved is for him. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, if you look at models or, or uh, wounds, 40 wounds to get one single kill point um, in any game type, if you're playing ITC or not, is just a little too much. Like that, That's like apocalypse level, you know, units in terms of just killing wiping out a unit and then on top of that the cultists can just recycle so um i know they're easy to kill but chewing through 40 wounds no matter who you are is really difficult to do uh, so uh is there any anything else standing out to you uh jeff in terms of the chaos base marine lists and uh what you see at at tournaments and what you might see at the lvo Uh, for me personally, I think, unfortunately, the biggest impact is going to be that cultist change. So they're, it, it does kind of have that nerf feel. Obviously, they, they do lose points across the board on some really cool units. I think um, Plague Marines being probably the standout because they're really good anyways, but now they're a little bit more inexpensive. But they're not taking that much, right? Like a lot of cultos, uh, not cultos, chaos lists. I tried to combine the two words apparently in my head. Um, a lot of chaos lists are... Either, like, tons of bodies in front with smite behind it seems to be, like, the top-tier thing that a lot of people are doing, or there are, like, lots of 
not even lots, but like several big hitting things like Mortarian and Magnus and then stuff or demon princes crammed in there and that kind of a thing. So I don't see a lot of that changing because I don't think chapter proof really did too much for that. Um, but I would like, I would, I would encourage chaos players to experiment with some stuff because I think there is some cool synergies with warp talons. And I know it's going to get me laughed at. Like, are you, are you kidding me? There's this other <laughs> unit and other lists that are better. I'm like, I know I get it, but definitely branch out and experiment with some, experiment with some of this stuff. And I know, um, some of these, uh, some of the things coming out in the future are going to also give some new auras and buffs. We obviously can't talk specifics, but there's stuff coming that'll be nice. Uh, but even now, like I was just looking at the list for the heat. I mean, we haven't had, cha- had chapter proof happen yet, but I feel like I've seen the same three or four chaos lists for like five months, and they will all roll their eyes and be like, "That's all I can play." It's like, uh, I know, but hopefully, I mean, Berserkers still quite good. But because they can't hit you turn one, all of a sudden nobody takes them. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, and then with the way that they change infiltrate, it's just the 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 goal was to make a more enjoyable play experience for the average player, right? Um, a lot of times, competitive players miss kind of missed out, uh, missed that. Um, yeah, it's not just about efficiency; it's about making a fun game and having you know 150 cultists jump you on turn one was not rad. Um, for most people, and that's at least what the game developers thought. So uh, now you just have to move for a turn, and then you can make a long charge, right? So um, it's not—it's not what it was, but it's not—it's not an unplayable tactic anymore. Uh, people do overreact to that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's—it's important to distinguish um, what changes that are made in chapter approved are are targeting what you know members of the community right like obviously the cultist nerf was targeting tournament players who who ran a lot of cultists at tournaments uh and meant to you know abuse that those 40 model units with buffs right obviously that was meant for them uh, whereas you know all the characters going getting points decreases probably meant for for more casual players who who want to bring their chaplains um and and feel like they might be overpriced and they're not doing what they're supposed to do for their points um uh, which which is really the whole goal of chapter approved is to make every unit feel like it belongs and and where it was supposed to be in its role um is there uh, for in terms of chaos space marines um i don't i don't think that we're going to see i think jeff was right i don't think we're going to see a lot of like i think a lot of the units that were bad are still bad just like with the space marine terminators um I, I don't know if we were going to start seeing a lot of corn berserkers and noise marines and all that stuff. I'd have to talk to someone who well, plays. Noise marines are amazing. They, they are amazing, and 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 I I think that they're really good. I also think corn berserkers are really good, but they're not seen a lot in, in tournaments and well, in competitive play. If you're a chaos player out there, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, Pablo. Um, if you are a chaos player, the best chaos players here on the West Coast all use noise marines, and uh, they're ridiculous. They're so good. Uh, you use them to assassinate your opponent's characters in their turn. Um, you just bum rush them with a big unit of noise marines. You want them to die. Like you charge your, your opponent's melee unit so that they get killed. And then you shoot your opponent's characters in his turn and kill them. It's stupid useful, especially against like uh, vulnerable characters like Ash Militarum. Um, even space brain characters go down just to the volume of shots. So, if you aren't using them and you're a Chaos Space Marine player, definitely experiment with them. Play them ultra aggressively, and I think you'll you'll be surprised at how good they are. Yeah. 
Okay, so l let's move on to Craft World Eldar. Um, it's a very small, very small uh, change, mostly point decreases. Um, it's actually a big, it's a very meaningful change. Uh, Eldar now, to my, if I remember correctly, they now have one of the cheapest, if not the, if not the, the cheapest brigade option. Um, really? And uh, my, yeah, my list went down a ton, but I was taking a brigade with all, I took, I took a themed Beeltan Swordwind. I, I take one of every uh, Aspect Warrior. And um, so my list, and I take uh, Storm Guardians. When you add up the points decreases across the uh, the whole list, I was able to add in an entirely, an entire another unit into my army. Because um, the Avatar went down, uh, Dire Avengers got cheaper, Storm Guardians got cheaper, almost all the Aspect Warriors got cheaper. So... When you when you when you combine it again, it doesn't look like a lot at first, but then when you when you really leverage towards it, it's crazy how many how much more you can put into your list um, uh, than before. But if you were taking the power units, it's business as usual; nothing really yeah. changed. So, so let, let me just add a caveat to this real quick for those of you listening to Reese talk. This is the I believe the third army he said that went down in points that he plays. He, he's not <laughs> he's not intentionally nerfing you know his his units he's it's not some crazy illuminati thing it's just reese always brings the worst units period not the, not the worst units but i like to play units that people and armies that people think are bad just to prove the point that it's like you can make anything work in eighth edition if you put your mind to it he doesn't it. play gray knights Bobo. oh you're right he doesn't he does not play only because he doesn't have the gray knight army take, take it easy all right <laughs> yeah if i had the models i would totally i'm play. sure he I would love gray knight. <laughs> um but but let's just say that if I wanted Reese to stop playing a specific unit, I would just bring that army to a tournament, and then he would yeah, just stop it, playing that army. I was so excited to play my orcs, and then I saw how popular they are, and I was like, man, put them back <laughs> on the shelf. I was like, uh, chapter proved has made almost all my armies so much cooler, and that's and like you said, it's because I use units that people <sighs> don't normally take, and that's why my armies went down so much in yeah. points. Snowflakes um, be flaking, man. Dude, I got to keep my 40k hipster rep, bro. I can't be doing what everybody else is doing. Uh, so, so what do you? Okay, so the the, the reason why, so that you, I think you're actually right. I should have, I should have uh, liked to amend my statement. Craft world Eldar, the craft world Eldar changes are kind of a big deal. Um, but why they're probably even an even bigger deal is the a craft world and craft world army or units nerf is also an Inari buff or a uh, a craft world buff is an Inari buff, right? Because Dark Reapers, Shining Spears, things that Inari use that are really powerful, um, Inari players might start looking at, you know, like Fire Dragons, or I, I don't know, I don't play I don't play those lists, uh, or, you know, Storm Guardians, who are actually going down to six points a model, um, which which I believe makes them eight points with their, I don't know what their war gear costs. No, it's just six, it's their war gear is free. Right, which, which is crazy. Um you're you're actually making the, one of the best armies or the best army in the game better by by buffing craft world units. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see what Inari players will do with some of those those buffs. Um, I, I don't have any experience in that in that uh, Jeff or Frankie. The, the thing is, if if the Inari player wasn't bringing these units, it's it's not going to change anything. But if you were a Inari player that was taking the kind of soup du jour like. That what everybody else was playing, your list really didn't change. Um, it's this is more for people who are taking units that were not seeing the table that much. Um, those are the Eldar players that are going to be really happy. Um, and then maybe a Yunari player will find something else that they 
want to take now because the points went down like Dire Avengers or something like that. Hmm. That maybe they weren't before. Maybe they did have a couple like five man units and they picked up a couple extra points. Cool. Um, but yeah, like, you know, your Shining Spears and your uh, Dark Reapers, they're kind of like the, the mainstay of the army. Um, that that didn't change, right? Like your, your Wave Serpent went up a little bit. Um, but, you know, if anything, the Yanari player's army is, is probably about the same. Uh, if you're taking a lot of Wave Serpents, you're spinning more, but uh, it's it's for the more creative lists that, that they're really getting a benefit, in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. So so let's go ahead and um, uh, kind of, we already talked about Death Guard a little bit. Um, Frankie, is there anything you wanted to add about Death Guard, specifically uh, their changes? Just, I mean, the, the Plague Marines went down a point, um, so that's big, and then the um, Plague Grenade character, the Biologus Fire, I believe, he went down. And those are two models that you're seeing in almost every Death Guard list. So I'm excited to put my Death Guard back on the table. Right on. Um, and then uh, Death Watch, um, I, I, they obviously got the Space Marine treatment. Uh, HQ places went down. A lot of their options went down. Uh, their Primaris options went down. Uh, are, do you think that Death Watch are going to start you know, seeing more competitive play. I, 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 every time I see a Death Watch player, they're either, you know, fluff bunny. I'm, I'm run this full on Death Watch army, and every single shoulder pad is a different, you know, chapter that I created myself. Or they, they've got like Death Watch as an allied detachment, um, and then like Dark Angels, some other weird Imperium detachments, and they actually do really well. Um, like, like for example, Anthony Demore um, at SoCal Open was was I think he went four and zero or five and zero going into one of the rounds um, at the SoCal Open and then ended up losing and falling just short of the top eight. Uh, but I feel like Death Watch are one of those those factions that not a lot of people use. That if more people use, they would start performing really well. Uh, do you think you guys and anyone can answer this question? Do you guys think that we're going to start seeing more Death Watch or they're kind of just going to stay the same where they are with the weird little niche rare? Death Watch sighting. They get the Vigilus buffs, right? They can do a Veterans know. Intercessor Detachment? I think so. I'll check. But um, no, Death Watch... If you're playing a Death Watch army, you're fighting an uphill battle, right? Um, but uh, if, if you take them as a detachment, they're really... Uh, they were good before. Their veterans were really a really solid unit. Now they got a ton of points reductions. So it's it, they, got a, they came out really well out of this. Uh, uh, better than than even uh, most of the other armies did. Um, but if you play them solo, it's just they're expensive one wound models, typically speaking. So I, I don't uh, think that, that, that can be that. They're really good. It's just they the meta is harsh for them, and it has been harsh in that. Um, I think Imperium players have a tough time with with like a Knight Caselan, anyways. But Death Watch is just even more limited in the sense that they are paying a little bit more of a premium for more of their stuff. So whatever they're allying in or, or putting in from like Forge World to fight that knight, it becomes more of a, like, that is the only answer. Um, they're really good against hordes. They're really, they have specialist ammunition, so they're good at picking off, like, singular targets, but they lack range, and they lack reliable armor punch, right? So if a big target is just over there behind a lot of infantry and shooting them, they just, they're just getting hit the whole time and not able to, they just don't have that many bodies. Yeah. Yeah. But the, they're going to be more viable now than they were before because they got a lot of points drops on units and gear. So, moving on to the G's. Uh, I'm going to let Jeff take Gene Sealer Colts away. Yeah. Yeah, huge change in the chapter. For, we got 
Gene Steelers are 15 points. Is that, is that good? I don't know. <laughs> it happened a while ago. It was in the FAQ. This is just, they put it in the chapter group. Oh, okay. Keep it here. And then they gave the Astro Militarum, like, um, item stuff reduction is crossed over, so that's nice. But the explanation here is that you've got a codex coming, so you don't get anything chapter approved. Um, the other explanation, of course, this is a super secret one, but Nick Rose is just competing at such a high level with Gene Sear Cult <laughs> that... They felt with chapter approved, man, there's no need to give them any ups or downs because that, that codex was made for Nick Rose, and that's all they wanted. <laughs> you heard it here first, boys and girls. That's right. Nick's going to love that one. I, I, we're going to get an email. Like, I believe it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, all right. So uh, but then on that, on that note, really quickly, though, they did get two specialist attachments, the anointed, the, uh, anointed thong, which uh, has already been revealed. Anointed in the thong? It's called Throng, but oh. come on. Okay. If I could get a fancy thong, I'd rather have that. Yeah. And the Deliverance one. Brood the li- Deliverance Brood Surge is the other one. So they got two new specialist attachments that they can use too, which is really cool. And you will, like, I'm waiting until next weekend, but I'm so excited because I have a unit of 10 um, abon- or aberrants that I run and love. And that detachment uh, is absolutely amazing. Like, the... Hammer is a lot better on my Abominant, which I'm already madly in love with. Uh, it's just minus four, and then he doesn't suffer the minus one to hit, which is just huge. Um, and then it makes the Abominant... Like, it, it also... You can spend another command point, by the way, which is just for everything, to give them to give him a Warlord trait, but then also have a Warlord trait that exists in your list otherwise. So you get two Warlord traits with these things. And his makes um, Aberrants get into combat a lot more reliably. And you get to, uh, what was the other one? I'm looking at it right now. Well, anyways, it's just really good. It's really exciting. This this is one of the best attachments in the book, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and if you, I actually got the pleasure of playing Jeff when he was down here uh, and his Gene Stealer Colt list. Um, and Gene Stealer Colt, I, I believe you're playing Index Gene Stealer Colt too, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so um, uh, Gene Stealer Colt, uh, they're, just, they, they're so good. That I felt like I was playing a tower defense game because I basically took the middle of the board and then these all these guys just kind of infiltrated out turn two and turn three and just swarmed around the center of the board and eventually got run over. Um, the, we we I was pretty much going to lose that game, um, but I, I can't wait to see what Gene Circle get in their codex uh, aberrants and and the uh, ab abominant abominant yeah they they're they're insane his the buffs that he gives them and then the the damage output that they can get it's just crazy i'm, I'm really excited to see what what gene circle bring to the table Me um, too. all right so let's talk about gray knights um pretty much point decreases across the board uh they even decreased the grandmaster nemesis dread knight um who who was probably their best choice in the whole book i guess aside from strike squads or the um interceptor squads um who also got a points decrease uh you know, GW's GW kind of hyped out the Grey Knight points decreases when um, they first announced Chapter Approved and what Chapter Approved is going to be bringing. Uh, do you guys think that Grey Knight players are going to be happy with these points changes and, and start bringing them more, or do you think that uh, GW left a lot to be desired here? I mean, there's nothing to. They're only improvements, right? So, That's true. Um, if anybody's upset about it, I think that they are seeing the glass half empty. Um, 
if it, you know whether or not you think you're going to be able to win a tournament or not, it's totally personal opinion. But these are only improvements, um, so uh, it's it is it's objectively a a, ben, a, a boost. Um, but again, the problem with Grey Knights, which we've reiterated multiple times, it's an elite model with one wound, one attack, generally um, paying a premium. And in the way Eighth Edition works, that's just tough, right? Like if they had uh, a different stat line to be more reflective of the backstory, but that's just not what's happening. So given those limitations, um, I think that they should be really happy with uh, quite a few points drops. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like that they did um, was they gave them, uh, they lowered the points of the uh, the brother captain, um, who I think was the he's the he's the one with the reroll ones to hit or right. Forgot which one yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, I, if I believe that is correct, yeah. But, but if you looked at where the brother captain was before, um, he, I think it was like 150, 140 points somewhere in there. Um, they lowered him down to 110 with his power weapon and his storm bolter, which isn't that much um, because those aren't very worth a whole lot. I like that they gave Grey Knights an HQ character that was comparable to like a Smash Captain in points, um, because Grey Knights were lacking that before. There was one thing I remember talking to uh, Tyler DeVries a while back about Grey Knights, um, and we laughed about his brother captain coming down, giving all of the strike squads the reroll charge aura. He got into my lines, and then the brother captain charged in and died to a chaplain or, or something silly. <laughs> it was it was like it was really 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 underwhelming and he was like yeah best 160 points i've ever spent and i was like do you spent that many points for for that guy and he's like yeah and, and then um so it's kind of nice to see that that gray knight's got a comparable hq choice it's really cheap um and you, especially with the gray knights in particular with that warlord trait if, if you want to be competitive with them um he's kind of a linchpin unit and uh to make him cheaper was very nice and then yeah, um, and they're, they're, a lot of their war gear got cheaper, too. Yes, a lot of their war gear got cheaper. Um, overall, I'm very happy with what the Green Knights, well, what Green Knights got in terms of their points decrease. Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing them a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to wait to see like how Shaylin does in, in her tournament. She's one of the better Green Knight players, and she's been advocating for, for getting Green Knight points decreases for a while. Um, but we'll see. I'm a very, I'm a very big Green Knight fan. I've got a... a sizable Grey Knight army that's just waiting to go on the tabletop. Um, so uh, at this point, um, I actually deleted some of my notes. So what's the next faction after Grey Knights? Straight professionals. I like it. There you go. Harlequins. Uh, uh, Harlequins, yeah. And uh, that's that's a... Not a ton of changes, but... Only one! <laughs> You're muted, Frankie. That's a fusion gun change, and uh, it's a fusion gun change. It's a big change. <laughs> it is. It is actually pretty meaningful because they take so many yeah. of them. I mean, in the Harlequin armies that I've seen, I've seen like thirty-five fusion guns. So it's a pretty big change. What were they at originally? Well, fusion pistol. Yeah, fusion pistol. Um, I believe they were fourteen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually a pretty meaningful change. Yeah. It was basically the only gun I ever saw Frankie bring in his Harlequin's army. Um, I think he had other guns, but he he almost never fired them. Um, and then uh, yeah, so to that that's a huge that's a huge points change. Um, other than that, I didn't I, I kind of agree with this. Harlequins didn't really need a whole lot. 
Um, I, yeah, they're good. Yeah, I felt like they were pretty good. Uh, they're not represented very well um, in the tournament community um, or in general, in the ITC tournaments in general. Um, but that's probably just because of how niche and how small the codex is, how many limited options they have. Uh, uh, let's move on to Necrons. Um, so, so Necrons are uh, one of the one of, if not the worst performing army. I think Necrons and Green Knights, I think right now, um, before chapter proved, were the worst performing armies. Uh, obviously, the the uh, big the big obelisk thing. Um, the Tesseract the Vault, vault. Uh, got, you know, increased in points, um, w- which was fair. It was pretty much the only Necron unit you saw reliably being used in force. Uh, Reese, you play Necrons. Um, where, where do you think Necrons stand now after these points decreases? Um, this, they definitely help a lot. Uh, it depends on the way you played Necrons. Like, um, some people's armies barely went down in points at all because they were taking the strongest units. Um, and then some people's list, I, I was talking to some of the Necron players that they they got, they freed up like 150, 180 points. Um, the big deal for Necrons in this one, the big takeaway for me is, it, you know, it may not, I think the, the problem with Necrons is, is more of a fundamental rules design issue more so than uh, a points um, issue, but this definitely helps. And the big takeaway, in my opinion, though, is that the HQs got significantly cheaper. And uh, Immortals went down two points because of their war gear. So if you want, now taking a, just a, a, a battalion for five CP is way, way easier to do. Um, and one of the biggest problems Necrons had is that they're CP starved. Uh, and then they really want, the depending on how you play, they really want their buffing characters. Um, and now it's a lot easier to do that. Um, and then some of the iconic units like the Monolith went down. Uh, Necron Warriors are 11 points now. Uh, Annihilation barges, um, a lot of the support vehicles went down in points significantly. So it, it really depended on how you were playing your Necrons before. Like if you had an all destroyer army, well, nothing really has changed. But uh, if you're taking like a more quote unquote traditional Necron army, um, you're going to be pretty happy. I know my list, I freed up like 120 points in my list, uh, which was great. Uh, wraith, wraiths went down. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be happy about, but. Um, it should help Necrons get a boost. I don't know if it's going to catapult them into the top tier. I don't think so, but um, it'll definitely help. I think this was <clears throat> understandably one of the more lackluster changes in Chapter Approved. I think Necron players were expecting a very, very big handout, and they did not get that, and I understand that, in particular in the troop column. Uh, it is nice that the characters went down in cost because... Like Reese said, it was really hard to fill out, and the Necron Codex really wants you to take a diverse number of characters, too. It's not just, like, literally, like, four lords for two battalions. It's it's a three or four named characters um, very often in, in Cryptex and stuff like that. It's a very rich character codex, but you weren't able to do that, and if you did do that, then you were very sparse in bodies um, for soldiers that were pretty do- pretty durable, but not so durable that they could make up the difference in, in low body count. So this definitely helps, and this is going to go in that theme of, like, you can't come away from Chapter Approved for the most part and be upset, unless you really just were going to be upset no matter what. I just will say, it, in my opinion, I'd tip my hat to the people that were like, I was hoping for more. But I think Reese hit the nail on the head when he said that the big thing that Necron players needed was FAQ, in my opinion. I, I feel like... Um, the FAQ needed to give a little bit more love to Necrons in terms of, like, 
some rewording on reanimation protocols or something like that or some something to help them just survive a little bit better and be themselves. The points drop is nice, but I don't think you're, after chapter approved, going to see a resurgence of Necron players just over the moon happy and excited and playing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Jeff. Um, it's definitely going to help, though. All right. Um, so, uh, obviously, no no real orc changes. Um, though I do rarely get all three of you guys on the podcast at once. Uh, how do you guys predict, uh, where do you project orcs to be going into the final stretch of the ITC season? Um, was open question. Frankie. Um, I think uh, orcs are going to be a top tier list for sure. Um, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of boys. Um, I think that's one of the best ways to run them. Hordes of boys, just like back in 5th edition. Uh, Ludas are amazing. Reese kicks my butt all the time with one Luda unit, so I think you'll see that pretty commonly. But um, I think it's definitely going to shake up the meta and be one of those lists that you're going to be seeing on the top tables. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Orcs have already made a big splash. Um, With all these other units getting better, though, it's definitely going to mitigate it a little bit because... Um, like Eldar, for example, if you're like me and you're playing lots of Dire Avengers, now you get a whole other unit of them. Um, that helps a lot. Uh, orcs are really vulnerable to sniper armies, and um, uh, now that snipers are, are cheaper, pretty much you know for for quite a few armies, that's going to be a kickdown effect to make orcs uh, a little shakier. But um, I, I don't think you're going to knock them out of the the top, you know, top ten percent, top twenty percent echelon of of uh, codexes. I think they're very, very good. There's no, there's nothing in chapter approved, obviously, but this is a unique opportunity we have here, Pablo. Reese, do you have your Vigilist Defiant book in front of you? I do. Can you pen over with your little fingers <laughs> to the orc detachment that makes a Stompa the Warlord? And it's oh, so yeah, that's, cool. It's so cr- cool, it's, right? It's really good. Like, you can is make a Stompa, you're a character, your yeah. Warlord, and then Dude, he so gets <laughs> he gets plus one to hit and wound. Yeah, uh, in the fight great. phase, it's plus amazing. one to wound in the shooting phase. Take it's a, a five look, up invul save. Take take a look at the detachment that you get to make into that. Let me ask you a question about that. Go for it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it says an orc super heavy detachment, which would mean you need three stompas. Or oh, that's right. <laughs> a Stompa and a gigantic or gargantuan Squigoth and another Stompa. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, I totally there, forgot there about that, that wrench in your uh, gears there, Reese. So I feel now, Reese. I'm, I'm at. I've got the calculator in front of me. All right, I'm having a tough time <laughs> coming up well, with the points here. Yeah, I totally, I totally forgot that you had to take it in a, not an auxiliary, but then in the full blast attachment. So, the next time we play Apocalypse, Jeff, <laughs> which, you know how often we, you know how often we do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm putting. Obviously, I'm joking just to make this very clear because unfortunately, Reese has been the victim of people taking what I thought was very clear sarcasm as uh, true. Um. This was very disappointing, because that's an amazing, amazing ability. We don't see Stompas right now. They're really good. It's not that they're so bad that they need this detachment, but this detachment 
is really good and very fun. It, it makes the Stompa have a five-up invul. It's plus one to wound if you take the shooty one, which you should. It can actually deep strike for four command points, by the oh, way, geez. which is actually yeah. incredible. It's so silly. It's a very good detachment that I would have loved to have seen. I, having not worked on this book, by the way, I will submit, I think it's a mistake that it literally requires a super heavy detachment because you actually cannot use it unless you are using 3,000 plus points of super heavy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, all the orc players put away your dusty Big Mech Buzzgob Stompas from 7th edition. <laughs> Back on the shelves, back back where they, they where they go. Well, start asking for an FAQ, in my opinion, because I actually like again, I don't know, but the thing is, with all the vigilance detachments, I've read through all of them. I don't think any of them have the, such a severe requirement where it's like only an apocalypse you could ever even hope to use it. They're all really straight up, just like a detachment, and then this one is a super heavy detachment, which I I venture they meant like auxiliary, because that is how you would take a stompa. If you um, just since we're talking about it though, if you if you want to use something that you can actually apply to a two thousand point game, uh, <laughs> there are four total uh, yeah, detachments. The other ones are really good. Uh, there's five actually, uh, and the other ones are really good. And one that I thought was fun to point out was the Dreadwa. It's if you want to take like a old Dreadnought kill a can um, detachment. Uh, it gives you a lot of fun stuff, especially for killer cans because they don't get clan cultures. But um, for 2 CP, you can make a Dreadwa unit shoot twice, which is really good for a yeah. big unit to kill a Let's just talk about that name for a second, the Dreadwa. Because if you can't make a Wa more scarier, add Dread to it. Um, what if it was, what if it was Scary Wa? The Scary Wa. That literally made the word scarier. <laughs> it did. Uh well played English major. <laughs> so, <Yep>. so uh, <laughs> GG Pablo. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go home. Um, yep. But uh, so let's move before before I guess we put this to bed. Uh, I wanted to play quick devil's advocate, uh, Jeff. Campaign books do traditionally have like apocalypse style detachments meant for APOC games because they're supposed to be an entire campaign with APOC. Um, so it, it's not you, you know it's not completely unreasonable that they made a detachment that's meant primarily for APOC. Now, I'm not saying that's what GW did. I'm just saying, you, you know... You know what, Pablo? I agree. Orc players, if you're listening to this, Pablo says, get fucked, and I agree with him. Fuck all you Orc players. You guys suck. <laughs> there you go. Now, put that put that um, that puppy to rest. Tie, tie a nice little bow on it. We're done. Moving on to the next... Um, Assassins. Or, uh, well... Uh, so good. So good. If you guys want to talk about the assassins, okay. No, I'm I'm actually being serious. The Kaladis going down to seventy points is actually kind of a big deal. It is, and the Vindicare is only eighty now. The, the, Dude, I think everyone only is like pretty sharp with man points. Decrease, right? No, it's ten. Ten. Oh, they, I thought there were seventy-five. Well, that makes sense. Okay, the the Kaladis is was the worst assassin in my opinion. As much as I love, get the out of here. Are you high? He is high. <laughs> I said the was. worst assassin is the one that starts with a V that you never see except for from a guy whose name is Bradley Johnson and he served 36 years in the Marine Corps. Hoorah! <laughs> and he's got a fucking Vindicare, and its name is Corporal Sanderson. You, you know, I've got I've got some bias because my Calidus assassin never ever ever worked. Like my Calidus assassin died to an ethereal twice. 
That, that's so, so, you know, I've definitely all got part of the buttons. plan. Huh? That's all part of the plan. <laughs> it's all, all part of the plan. Um, the Caldus is the Caldus is even more appealing now with the changes to CP regeneration. Yes. So her ability has gotten better just because the environment has changed. Right. Um, yeah. The, and that was that was her real use. And then you use her to go take objectives and, and be a pain in the ass. Like she doesn't really do a lot of damage. She's huge. Like every list is having a tough time, re- and, and they're limited. By the way, it's not even like let's say you do have command point regeneration. Well, you're still capped at one per turn. So. If she cancels that out, that's straight up at least two or three command points out of your list that you were counting on. Um, and now we're also in the the realm of, of the time where some of these stratagems are really expensive, right? Like, it, are they going to vect you? Well, they could potentially cost five command points. That's yeah. that's usually about half of what you have, maybe a third if you really sprung for command points, uh, off of just a one four-up dice roll by her. That's insane. She She's huge. So... The obvious problem is that it's a whole detachment and or whatever, and it's only access to Imperium. But like the Clexus did not get touched and is really good. I don't think anyone's going to argue the Clexus is bad. It's very good. Yep. And the Calidus just got better. It's only ten points, and it's obviously not the biggest of deal. It just makes her that much more attractive. And the Vindicare, which has been pretty garbage, um, goes down much like necessary and it gets into that realm of like okay well now all of a sudden i am taking that detachment i don't want to spend the auxiliary to lose a command point maybe i do take the vindicare and i start sniping out um Characters that guard character that was game. still trying to generate yeah yeah well it's if, if it's more of the the fear of it right like um if you don't just take a single vindicare and then hope to just kill everybody's characters even though that would fit the way he's described that's just not the way it works you take it with uh, 15 sniper scouts and the Vindicare and Tellian, and now no character can show their face, right? Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're that's terrifying at that point, and a lot yeah. of armies literally can't fight that. Um, when I was at Nova, I had 15 sniper scouts and Tellian, and I was killing demon princes in one round of combat, just one round of shooting, just being dead. Uh, you throw a Vindicare in the mix too, and it's like that the, the other player is going to get so thrown off, like how to play. Especially if they have like characters running around giving auras as kind of a linchpin, like someone who provides fearless or something like that, it's going to totally screw up their whole game plan. Yeah, it, assassins are, are an interesting spot. I feel like they need each assassin needs like one or two stratagems, uh, and then they're good. Mm. They're done. Is that what you think? I feel like I feel like that's it. You know, th- what I don't... if I told you we agree? Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? I, your tone would suggest otherwise. Uh, well, the other the other cool thing too is the Sisters of Silence all went down too. So if if you were someone that wanted to use them, so cool. They uh, they're only ten points a model, and then their weapons all got cheaper too. So it's pretty cool. Pretty sick, man. You can see a ton. All those Sisters of Silence players love it. Uh, you might you might see. No, them. <laughs> think about how you put them in a list for a second, real quick. Oh nope, never mind. We all you thought take about an it. auxiliary of 30 of these gals, my friend Reese? Yep. <laughs> and you're going to ally them with your Stompa squadron that you got a character? <laughs> well, Jeff, you can't do that. Come on, don't be silly. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I, 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 I had a league game and I was like, oh, dude, what if I had all these sisters and he can't fucking cast powers? And I open up the codex and I'm like, or the index, and I'm like, wait a second. They have no HQs, so yeah, literally... That which, part kind of sucks. <laughs> without soup, which is now not legal, <laughs> if you want to get those sisters in there and you want it real bad, you can. You're just, 
You just gotta pay the command point. Oh. There ain't no thing. Bro, you can get a unit with all flamers. Like, yeah. 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 16 points a model. And, uh, you know. And the rhino. There is no stratagems. They got, I mean, there's, but, you know, there they are. Hey, they're cheaper now, though. That's true. Uh, so, um, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, uh, knights for a second. <laughs> Uh, Questor, yeah, Questor Knights. Um, the, <laughs> not very many changes. Um, only only points decreases for a few weapons. Uh, obviously, I looked at this and was a little surprised, which I, th- I think I imagine a couple people were that the, for example, the Castellan wasn't changed, or yeah. the um, Imperial Knight Warden or Paladin weren't didn't go down in points because I feel like the hybrid knights, melee one shooting weapon knights, should go down in points because they are the worst knights. Um, the gallon is so good, and the crusader is obviously good. Uh, but what do you guys, what do you guys think happened here, or, or do you think, do you think, uh, well, basically, uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that um, knights are where they should be right now? Um, or pro- well, I, mean, we, I think th- to just give a little bit of a behind the scenes picture here, the entire group was in agreement that the Castellan needed a points adjustment, and then a man of very few words, Frankie, stood up. I remember this meeting like it was yesterday. He stood up. He smashed his glass on the floor and he looked us all in the eye and said, think about the players that have lower reading comprehension and IQ. And if they don't have a big, gigantic robot that literally, even if your target player is just absolute shit, probably just wins you the game anyways, what are they going to do? <laughs> and we uh, we didn't have the heart to look at Frankie and be like, Jesus Christ. you're." <laughs> so it just remains the same. And you know a lot of people bought them, and you've seen how upset Tau players can get if you if you tell them that they can't you know re-roll everything every time. Imagine a Castellan player having to pay twenty five more points to go four and two at a big tournament for the first time in their life. The the real motivation behind that meeting is I have a Castellan in every single list I read. So you're welcome. So. With fusion pistols. Too, With fusion bro. pistols. No, the the the, re- the actual reason, jokes aside, is that uh, chapter approved was finished uh, in a timing that um, it didn't. There was no way to include that stuff in it. So, um, if you're surprised why the the castle didn't go up, which I think everybody agrees it should, um, or should get changed, toned down just a little bit, um, that it wasn't possible because of when this book was finished. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but didn't you know what? I'm just gonna leave this alone. All right. Well, um, hopefully we'll see we'll see a change. Oh, and and my daughter's crying. She she want she wanted to hear more about how Castellans need to go <laughs> up in points. Um, just just so you know, Frankie, that's what she caused. That that is. Yeah. That, <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so um, uh. <coughs> Uh, other than that, I, I I think I like where knights are right now. Um, to kind of like skip a little bit to the Forge World uh, knights, I like that they lowered the points of the Sarasis, the two Sarasis knights that weren't very good, um, and also the Questor Megara, which which made absolutely no sense that it was more points than the Starix. It's still more points than the Starix, but not by much. Um, overall, uh, looking at where Castellan numbers are now, um, whether it was like a mistake or or a timing issue or whatever, uh, I don't think that the sky is falling and that Castellans are going to 
destroy everything um, because the, the FAQ did still happen and Castellans um, have been dropping down in the use and Knights haven't been winning as much. Um, yeah, yeah. The CP regen was a really good change for the game in general and especially for the Castellan list. It really it really took that just that like 10-15% step back that it needed to not yep. be so dominating. I would give a huge stamp of approval on it because again, if they over nerfed it, it'd be too bad, right? It Knights are a huge iconic part of the game. It's really fun to have a big scary robot like that. But at the same time, the Castellan was just too much. So I uh, I'm excited that there's going to be more viability for some of these big things. And again, to real quickly go back to it, I want Bloodthirsters. Two or three Bloodthirsters across the table yeah. now becomes something that happens, and that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like if 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 um, because like Jeff, you made a really good point. The 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 things like the Castellan. They have such a big impact on the game because they make other high-value single-model units much more risky to take. Um, but I think with the points reduction that, you know, like you said, maybe now you do. Maybe you do take yeah. one and you take that risk um, because when it works, it's amazing, right? Like, I use Scarbrand and I never assume – my game plan is that he dies the first turn he comes on the table. And then if he does, I'm not disappointed he still did his job. But if he does make it past that turn, oh, my God. It's it's awesome, right? But as long as you plan for it, and it's not just a tremendous loss, you know, you can build into your list some um, wiggle room. Uh, you can use those big models and, uh, and and have a lot of fun with them and have them be effective. Yeah. Yeah, I think the appropriate thing happened here. I think instead of the Castellan maybe going up in points, I think that, that Bloodthirsters and Scarbrand and other similar units, big melee dudes that are that don't benefit from the character rule. I think they should all go down in points. Um, I don't know what that, I don't know what that point ratio would be. Uh, optimal point ratio would be like, I don't know if two for one is quite, quite, quite what it should be. Um, but uh, I, I think, I think that's the right direction to take the points reductions there. Um, and overall, I, I think the, the Knights not getting their points increased was, was pretty solid. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, to, uh, I kind of I kind of want to skip Space Marines um, and uh, go straight into uh, Tau. So did GW. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I mean, they they just generally got like, I like know, I know. so many points reductions. Yeah. Like, I guess a couple highlights. I guess we already talked about, but like uh, the named characters almost all went down. Tigerius even lot, went down. Yeah, the the vehicles. A lot of the vehicles got cheaper. A ton of war gear got cheaper. Storm shields are two points now for a non-character model. Um, so, th like, just across the board, like, so many units got a points reduction. Bikes really got went down in points. You can make a bike army uh, very appealing now, especially with the change to fly, making it not so... Uh, yeah. It, Dark it Angels just... have one of the best um, specialist detachments in Vigilus as well. They have their, their Black Knights or whatever, the, the bike dudes. The Ravenwing Knights. They can hit you Dark in the Knights. face... And then move away before you hit back. Oh man, that's pretty yeah, cool. like the, a hit and run style thing. Yes, it's incredible. They hit hard too. It's, it's the Ravenwing attack squadron. It's amazing. It's very good. And then I, the only knock I want to add here is I'm gonna. I don't know who it is. It's probably a very kindly young person in those GW offices. But whoever wrote the fluff for Marnius Calgar, what a missed opportunity! If you want to read. This is the first character, by the way, to get the Primaris treatment. If you, when you get the book in your hands, 
take the six and a half minutes it takes to read the one paragraph where they explain the whole thing. But I'll, here's the thing. I'll spoil it. Because this is the worst story I've ever read in my life. They're like, <laughs> Marnius Calgar, you want to become a primary space marine? And he's like, I should do it. It's for the better and it's for the future. Dies on the operating table. <laughs> comes back and he's fine. And they're like, how do you feel? And he's like, well, I did it for the, you know, for the greater good. And they're like, okay, and that's it. That's, that's well written. I was expecting some huge, like, call and Gilliman explanation and, like, how do we do this to existing guys? Because it's new tech. It's really risky. Calgary's like, fuck it, I'll do it. And they do it to him. He's like, wow, that was shitty. And they're like, yeah, but you're powerful. And I was like, I know. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say. You, you, you know, he's he's lived a long life. You know, sometimes not everything has to be a crazy big story, uh, Jeff. Right? It, it, you know, it's just. I agree. Fuck you, orc players. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh. <laughs> um. So uh, other than that, uh, what, I am. Uh, I was very excited to see a lot of like. Um, uh, the whirlwinds down, went down in points. Cronus went down in points. Um, if oh, you're a space huge. marine player, uh, you should definitely take a look through chapter approved because there's a lot of sneaky buffs in there to units. Um, missile launchers went down. Missile, missile launchers yeah. went down. Multi meltas went down. Um, I don't think I think last cannons were left untouched, but um, sniper rifles like like that's a very small thing you said, but it's huge. Yes, literally yeah. scout snipers went down. Yeah, and they were already very good. Yeah, scout bikes went down. It, it, it's almost a codex wide buff um to space marines so i I would you know definitely take a look you know spend the the time it takes to build a new space marine list um and you know just at least if at the very least just to get your points accurate for a tournament um even if that's a pro tip if i've ever heard yeah is is just because the space marine codex in particular um there's a lot of danger to just like be one or two points off and you know you, you can ask Aaron Along having one or two points off in a list is the difference between a controversy and a solid win in a tournament so um you definitely want to or in his it. case the same thing <laughs> um you definitely want to look at those those war gear options and just for accuracy um so let's go ahead and move uh to Tau well hang on hang on okay hang go on. go ahead Jeff we have to mention this uh in 8th edition no one except for fucking Doug Hobby Killer Johnson in one tournament with the Index Codex like two years ago. No one's taken Centurions. You now get to look at Centurions. They're absolutely affordable. And they carry the Grav Gun, which is, again, a gun that you're like, I haven't heard that name in over three years. I know. But if you look, they also reduce the Grav Gun. Grav Gun and Centurions is an amazing combo that if you haven't been looking at, you absolutely should. And uh, listen... The model looks like a doughboy sitting in a weird... Uh, it's a baby... I don't know what to say. But it performs very well. And you should look at it. Yeah, they're... they're Again, they're, they're, the Castellan kind of puts the kibosh on them a little bit. But uh, they got such a huge points reduction that if you run them around the table... Actually, like double heavy bolter or hurricane bolter, uh, personally. Yeah. And uh, you have an apothecary and like Tiggy to escort them. And then G-Man of course, or, or something like that. Um, they're put out crazy firepower, and then you can heal them and resurrect them uh, and make a minus one to hit with Tiggy and plus all the other fun stuff you can do. So um, I think they're they're really viable now. Um, 
it depends on your meta. Like if there's lots of high damage shooting, maybe not. But um, generally speaking, especially with decent terrain, I think you could really make them work. And I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. But can we talk about the land raider, please? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah, we, we certainly. How amazing is a land raider now? You know what I mean. If you play Ultramarines, it's uh, at least you can't tag him and stop him from shooting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, he, he's definitely oh, d- better. Did they um? Did they get the chapter tactics? No, no, they just. Oh no, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm oh, okay. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they did. That'd yeah, be awesome. Never, stop the detachments. Vehicles leaving combat and shooting. What other rules do you run? Yeah, man, it's it's okay. As, as many as I can. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay, Reese. Um, it, that's uh, that's always been the one big gripe that Space Marine players have had. Oh yeah, right? they should they should have chapter tactics yeah. on the vehicles. Uh, I totally agree. Right. Um, they you know Space Marines were the first out the gates. You know, it's like being first in addition is not good. <laughs> you're the, yeah. You're the test. You're the the. the the, yep. the test run for everybody else. Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah. the only I, I think the Hurricane Bolter, Land Raider, um, the Redeemer, I think, or the Crusader. Um, Crusader. Uh, they're, ob- they're obviously the best Land Raider. You might see it, but I doubt it. Um, some of the Forge World Land Raiders also went down in points. Uh, I really like the Land Raider Achilles. I, I thought it was really good. It's basically a Land Raider with a quad launcher on it, or like a Thunderfire cannon. Um, and four multi-meltas, um, and it went down a significant amount of points, and I was using it, actually was kind of doing well with it, so I might look back at it, um, but overall, Space Marine players, um, I, there's a lot of you guys that are really devoted to your armies, and um, I've seen some really cool, unique Space Marine lists jump out there. Uh, one coming up to mind, I forgot the player, but he, he basically an Imperial Fist list that looked like he just grabbed a random assortment of Space Marines, um, from his garage and then put them on a table and did really well with them. Uh, you know who you are. You listen to the podcast. But I think that um, Space Marine players are going to be very excited with the points changes, and I think we're going to see a lot of interesting brews. Um, it is, you know, the largest, one of the largest represented factions, um, and so naturally a lot of really good players do play Space Marines. Um, but I can't wait to see what people come up with. It should, should be interesting, to say the least. They also got one, two, three, four, five, six... Uh, specialized detachments in Vigilus um, for Imperial Fists, Crimson Fists, Black Templars, which I know that they've felt excluded a bit and they got some love, Ravenwing and Space Wolves. Um, that uh, uh, They're very thematic and they give them some extra boosts, so that should be something to get excited about as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Thousand Suns real quick. Uh, I noticed, I think Rubric Marines went down. Um I don't know what they were at before, but I feel like they went down. Uh, they're based on points um, base. You skipped Tau. But uh, yeah, Ru- oh, let me yeah. see. Rubric Marines are 16 now. We, 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 Tau and Tyranids are going to come out at the very end. Um, so this, I think that we have a lot to talk about, with, especially with Tyranids. Um, but Thousand Suns are w- one of the best factions um, right now in the game. Um, so they, they're left pretty much untouched. And the, the most important parts of the Thousand Suns detachments to the competitive environment um, remain unscathed. Uh, so you're still going to see a lot of Thousand Suns lists do really well at tournaments. Um, all right, so let's move on to Tau and Tyranids. Uh, Frankie, you play Tau. Uh, what do you? What does the? What do those point changes mean to you? Uh, the point changes Tau are huge. Um, they they lower the points of suits like a ridiculous amount, and then a lot of their guns went down in points too. Um, gun drones went down, which is big. 
Um, you were seeing a lot of armies with a lot of drones, and I personally really like gun drones. Um, but really, the biggest change is to the suits. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I was running suit units uh, quite frequently, and uh, now it's like such a big change with all the other things in the codex that you can run like two of the exact same suit units that I was already taking in lists. Yeah. Can I, can I just say it's going to be December 15th when a bunch of Tau players kind of scrub their hands together and they blow their breath out into the frigid December air and they come together (laughs) and they crack open this chapter approved and they get together and they look down at it. And you know what? I would be, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the parable of the Christmas time. Tiny Tim, you know, standing in the window with his arm over that crutch, just kind of looking in on that family, well-to-do, eating their their turkey. And I think of the towel player, always looking through that window, looking at the, the <laughs> looking at the imperial players, looking at all the codex releases, look at the orcs, and they just they wanted that too. They wanted that for themselves, and they whined. And they whimpered, and they self-mutilated, and they gnashed their teeth, and they tore their chests, and finally, you get chapter approved. And broadsides are viable. Crisis suits are viable. Nothing goes up. Riptides, three in every single one of their lists. Tau players can't have, they just can't do anything other than that for the last 12 years. Not touched. The buffs to all these things decrease. The guns go down. Railgun, what's that? I've seen it in a movie, The Eraser, one time. <laughs> it's also in Warhammer 40k. <laughs> all of it, it goes down. And I'll tell you what, you the, the way you measure how good this is for Tau players is the deafening silence from them that follows chapter approved. Uh, it's been good since they changed the, the word fly. Screens became more powerful, and, and melee armies are having a little bit tougher time negotiating around. Tau have been doing better. Chapter approved is going to push that forward. For now, you you can have drones, you can have crisis suits, and we're not even to the forgeable part, by the way, where the Tauinar becomes applicable in a 2,000-point list as well. It's This is incredibly good for Tau players, and if they're anything but happy, I need them to take a deep, introspective look through themselves and kind of think, what would make me happy? Because... <laughs> If there isn't something you can think of, the problem's not the game. That's it. That's my rant. Go ahead. Well, well said. Well said, Jeff. Um, though I, I think yeah, this this is only good. Devilfish, Ghost Killer, seventy points now. Broadsides, thirty five points now. Like it, it, it's a big change for Tau players if you were wanted to use things units like that. Skyrays go down. Skyrays are fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, the the Tau player. I think I think there there are already a lot of really good Tau players trudging along um, in in tournaments and, and doing okay and do to well. Uh, so I, I think Tau are going to be a really good strong contender to be back to where they are, which is a gatekeeper list. But here's the big winner, Pablo, and we would not have a good show without mentioning this. Down at the bottom of this page. A little unit called the Eight coming in at eleven hundred points twenty <laughs> finally gets rules in Eighth Edition, and I have had these guys sitting on my windowsill for months, and now I get to unleash the Eight on everybody. Uh, it's going to be so sick, man! I'm so excited for that. See, what what, you, <laughs> what Jeff didn't mention was um, in the next campaign book, the Eight 
would be usable in a Lord of War detachment uh, yeah. with with two other of the eight to make the 24. <laughs> the 24? Tw- 24. <laughs> well, you can make uh, how else are you going to do battle with the three Stompas? <laughs> you could do the Brave 32. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tau version costs 3,360. Why are there four of you? <laughs> 4,000, excuse me. Warp travel is a precarious thing. Let's just say it. That's hilarious. But uh, Tyranids are big winners. Yeah. And, so, uh, so, so Jeff, uh, Tyranids probably got the biggest points increases, uh, numerous points. They increase, did. Points decreases, De- sorry. Decreases. Points, yeah. yeah, decreases, excuse me. Um, uh, looking at the list, you know, uh, I'll, you know, I'll just let you take it away, Jeff. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you're excited. Swarmlord going down 50 points is absolutely massive. He's He was already becoming less of a hipster pick and more of a, like, he's in a lot of Terranid lists, but at 50 points less, it's almost just a no-brainer. His ability is insane. Um, relative durability and, obviously, his damage output, if he gets there, is huge. Um, but across the board with this, Tyrannifexes were already good. They went down in points. Um, Turvagons, already good. They went down in points. And then some of the more fringe stuff that you didn't see as much become viable. Like the Broodlord becomes a consideration. Um, it does buff up Genesers, which are very common in the list. But at 160, that was really too much. It was ridiculous. At 115, uh, maybe still like something weird, like 15 points too much. But it, it, I don't know. That's nitpicky. It's like very close to being appropriate. The Exocrine, an amazing weapon platform. That goes down. Um, now, of course, with Terranids, a lot of... And the one thing to mention here, too, by the way, is the Neurothrope did go up 20 points. That is still an appropriately priced Neurothrope. They are fucking ridiculously good. Yeah. You probably could pay 100 points for it and, and not sneer. We'll, we'll take it at the steal at 90. We were spoiled at 70, but that made up the difference for some of these other units that were probably overcosted. So it's it's... The Neurothrope goes in the direction it probably should have. And I would say the point reductions bring some of these units... To where they should have been as well. Um, I will say things like, uh, and I know there's some people are like, I don't know, I'll consider it. The Maliceptor. Uh, uh. Uh, Nick Rose was looking at Pyrovores for one of his lists. I'm going to straight up out him again. That's how bad and good he is at the same time. He's such a good player. He wins tournaments, but he was looking at Pyrovores. Hey, I like Pyrovores. Get out of here! It's a heavy flamer. No, if you play, uh, if you play Yormagonder, you can make him work because they have a 10 inch range. So they can shoot from Deep Strike. So there's definitely uh, ways to make them viable. I'm so sorry for everyone that listened to Reese right there and is <laughs> like, well, I'll go buy three of them. Uh, <laughs> but I don't mean, I'm just teasing Reese because that's what I do. But like, look at things like Death Leaper at 60 points becomes kind of closer to what it should have been, which is like a Terranid Assassin. Uh, Red Terror, nobody owns that model. Nobody's going to use it. I'm sorry. It's It probably could cut. Ca- it could, it could say plus 50 points, which would be the one unit in the game that actually gives you 50 points towards your list. And you'd still have to be like, I don't know. The, the one time you roll those swallow hole and you eat somebody's character, though, it's worth everything that you did to get there. Well, I've been playing for 20 years of Terranids, and I've never done it. Not that, I mean, I've never taken a red Terranids. <laughs> That's step one. <laughs> Uh, Lictor's going down. So there's a lot of things you did not see in Terran lists because the Terran problem kind of came forward. It was like the year of the Hive Terrans with wings. And then it became how many gene stores can I cram down their throat? How fast? Uh, but now you have options and diversity. Is it enough to see a Toxicrine? Is it enough to see um, Deathly a Maliceptor? I don't know. I'm not sure. The, the bigger problem for me, too, is things like Harpies and Crones. 
they were so cool in 7th edition, but that was mostly because Fly was its own durability. They don't have any durability added to them in 8th edition, so they kept their 4-up save and their 6 toughness and, like, not a lot of wounds. So I'm like, who... What does it do? What? Where does it get? So it's a Harpy at, like, 130 points and a Crone at, like, 130 or whatever. Actually, more than that, 155 with weapons. Still not... You still don't take it. It's just not good enough defensively in the game. I, yeah. I don't think it's the defense on them. I think it's the offense. Well, it was both, right? But like they just don't hit very hard. Yeah, in an eighth edition, you have to hit hard. That would be the thing, right? So if they did hit hard, you'd have the argument of like, well, they're cheap and they hit hard. I don't care if they die. Yeah, totally. But I agree with your point. Now it's they they die to whatever shoots at them, and they also don't hit you that hard. Yeah, so, so it's taking? like uh, the really it's like the hell drake. Like his real purpose is to fly and ta- touch something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> But if you gave him something like minus one to hit because they have supersonic or whatever the hell it is, or you can say born in the sky, something and like then that. you pair that up with their other minus ones, now you start to be like, well, at minus two, that's kind of cool. And then you start to think of reasons why to take them. But as it is right now, um, this is a little bit, the, and I'm a Terranid purist, obviously, so you're hearing a huge bias here. But like this is a little bit of the Necron problem where it's like nothing in chapter approval is going to make me take a, a harpy or crone. Uh, this is obviously, as Reese would say, and I would agree, it moves in the right direction. So that's nice, but it's just not enough. Yeah. But the big winners is Swarmlord. The big winner is, um, oh, I mean, well, Swarmlord is just Turvagon. one of the biggest ones. Exocrine, Seron Effects, Turvagon. The Turvagon change is huge because um, going down to the, that cheap and then being able to make 40 points a turn, it's freaking awesome, right? Like, you can take a couple units of yeah. Gaunt's. That uh, they're just there for board control and objective grabbing and zoning out. You have a regenerating screen, and Pablo has played against my Turvagon list oh, and seen God. how frustrating Poor it can demon. be. And and then you use acid blood so that they're the guys trying to kill him are killing themselves. Uh, I've done it to Frankie too. Somewhere, um, I think my demon is still trying to kill all the gaunts <laughs> that you put on him. The, the gaunt unit, just like God, dang it, die! But uh, now that that Turvagon is a totally viable HQ choice. Like, as a Tyranid player, I, I often take 60 to 90 Gaunts with a Turvagon, and I'm like, the backfield will be mine for the whole game. Like, you're never going to get back here. It's and great. It's, yeah. it's really good for winning missions. Like, yeah. really, Hopefully really we see good. more of it. We should see more of it. I would say one of the things absolutely missing from this is a Trigon, by the way. Yeah. Um, they're pretty cheap as is, though. Oh, no, they're... they're, they're um... I think the monstrous rending claws went down. Or did that already happen? I, I, ugh, get it might have gone down 20 points. It oh, yeah, no, they did. Claws went down 20 points. Yeah. That's the right. Trigon claws went down 20 points. They went down a little bit. But... Still don't take a Trigon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The, so the Tyranids, the Tyranids, I think they were already an army that, that were actually sneaky, really good. Um, they just needed just a little bit more, um, which is, I would say that having 10 or more of your units get their points reduced by 28 or more points is, is counts as a little more. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait to see what Tyranid players bring to the table. Um, I, I think that uh, the Swarmlord dropping down 50 points is fair. What is he at now? Like two, a little over 200? 250. 250. 250. He's, he's a really good deal now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, this in conjunction with what Gene Steeler Colt, the Gene Steeler Colt Codex brings, uh, makes me excited to see what Tyranid players play. Because um, they've always been an army that I've enjoyed watching and playing against. Well, they missed the nerf bat too, which is nice, right? Like, like you said, Terran's been doing well, but they're not like crushing people's souls. But Hive Guard did not go up. Mm-hmm. Um, Biovores stay at fifty, which was a little bit of a 
I've been running nine Biovores in like the last couple months. I don't know that I'll ever not run Biovores. They're the most amazing thing in the entire fucking world. They're yeah, so the 50 points is totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> 50 points is crazy. I take nine, and I'll you always know, take you nine. You should probably get yeah, Nick Rose. Like They're nine. amazing! probably get Nick Rose to start running Biovores if you want him to go down, Jeff. The best thing uh, in the world is when you block a knight from moving with a spore <laughs> Yep, the night gallant. No. <laughs> oh God! You're like this little floating nutsack. I must stay away. Speaking of the night gallant, the night gallant got cheaper by a couple points. The heavy stubbers. So did the crusader because the heavy flamer got cheaper. That's true. Uh, but yeah, and I think the neuro the neurothrope was was, he was too, too cheap, uh, too cheap yeah. for for what the neurothrope brought to the table. And you're still gonna see people bring them. Um, I think broodlords are a good choice too, just to take as assassin characters. Um, because they're cheap enough, you can just have them stand behind a screen and wait, uh, and then leap out to like go attack, um, try and assassinate a character. I think that they can be really useful in that role. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and move to the Forge World changes. Uh, instead of going through these faction by faction, um, I, I think I'm just going to give everyone a, a chance to talk about the the Forge World changes that stood out to them the most. Um, obviously, I already talked about the Questor Imperialis changes to the Serastus Knights and the Questor Knight Megara. Um, but I also really like that they dropped a lot of points on the Space Marine vehicles that were really just not being used very much. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't touch the the characters, um, all for all the Badabwar characters. They didn't really touch them a whole lot. Um, I would have liked something like that. I also would have liked like a printout of the um, any of the Forge World indexes, but alphabetized, <coughs> so that you could see the War Gear, um, you know, actually find the War Gear instead of that mishmash. <laughs> of um <laughs> the the war gear options but eh, um but yeah i really like the space marine nerfs or the space marine buffs to a lot of the vehicles that people weren't bringing um and they also made tarantulas go up in points which which i think is perfectly fair because tarantulas were were pretty undercosted um for what they the Ar- artemia the artemia pattern hellhound is now not stupidly underpriced it's, it's, that's gonna be yeah. a big that's a big change um they cost as much as a normal Hellhound now, which they should. Yes. Um, some of the other ones, like uh, the Cyclops is 60. That one was uh, due for a change. The, the one that everyone's kind of talking about is the uh, Talonar's 750 points base now. Um, what was it at before? It was, I can't. I think it was like 1,500 points or something like that. Mm, yep. Uh, some of the Forge-Rolled Eldar units... I got adjusted. I think the prism rifle, the one that the uh, uh, shadow specters used, went down, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. So there, there was a lot of changes uh, in there, and I think most of them were positive. Um, the, the Artemia pattern hellhound and the Talonar were the two that just stood out to me the most. What about you guys? Breaky? Yeah, I think those were the biggest changes in there, uh, to be honest. Um the Demon Lords, I don't think, really changed, did they? No, no they, they did not. No, they, they did, did change. They stayed, but yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was fine, but yeah, I think the Thortemia Hellhound was the biggest change. Um, the only one, like the thing I skipped right to to look for that I was sad about was the Terranid Forge World selection. Um, the Demacaron. Sith Herodol, Barb Herodol, all of those things are pretty garbage. They're amazing models, and I love them, and I've had my my time with them, but an 8th edition 
they're really quite bad. Um, so I was hoping for some love in this because you're also not seeing them at all. That's not just like my biased opinion. They're just not out there. Um, and they didn't get touched almost at all. Actually at all. No. Uh, well, didn't the, I don't know if the barbed hero went down in points last year. Um, but you know, it's, it's a barbed hero. So, you know, we can just move on. Uh, but, but everyone else did. <laughs> oh, um, he's standing right next to the mutilators in on the on the windowsill and the Tau players, who are probably still there even though they got their Tau buffed. Yeah. Uh, Do but, we want to maybe talk about um, how what like what list we're most excited to play out of our personal collections? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a I think it's a really great question, Reese. It sounds like you want to talk about the list you're most excited to play, so I'll let you go first. Well, I was actually really curious to hear what everybody else said, but um, the list that, that I'm the most excited about are my Footdoor, um, my Admech, my Catachan list, because I could literally put in two units of veterans with Chimeras, and now with the um, specialist attachments, you can do some really fun stuff with uh, with them. And uh, my Ultramarines uh, literally added in two more units. Um, I'm having a tough time picking my Tyranid list. It's looking really good. Um, I, I'm really having trouble deciding what I'm actually going to play in our league because so many of my armies look so much more appealing now. Did Reese just name off all of his armies? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, no. That, that was like a quarter of my armies, unfortunately. <laughs> all right. Frankie, what are you excited to play? Um... I'm most excited about my Tau action. Tau oh, yeah, is pretty nasty, and now adding in another suit unit makes it even nastier. So. You need to tell people what it is, Frankie? They keep it a secret. All right. It's a bunch of drones, gun drones, sniper drones. It's an infantry Tau list. Uh, okay. plus I'll, tell him, I'll tell him, Frankie. Do it. Get it. God damn it. 27 <laughs> sniper drones. It's like 20 gun drones. It's 10 or 12... Um, Crisis suits, all with missile launchers. Fire cadre, dark strider, bunch of infantry, and then uh, even more drones. And it's just a hard-hitting, very durable list. A lot of protocol going around there. It's got DACA, so it can take care of hordes. And it's got bring things down. It's all Tau, so overwatching it is an absolute nightmare. I charged charge with my 10-man aberrant unit, and... They don't fucking die to almost anything. He killed them in Overwatch, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's not that hard to imagine. But until you get charged by Aberrants, I don't think you can really know what they do. Yeah. But they are insane. And he actually killed them down. There's one guy with one wound who survived it. And guess what? That wasn't good enough for him. <laughs> um, yeah, Frankie's, Frankie's towel list is really nasty. Yeah. Uh, and now he gets an entire extra suit unit. It's like, oh, yay. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, oh, those, the crisis suit bomb lists are, are definitely going to make a comeback. They're, they were already really, really good. Um, you know, Frankie Frankie's Talus is able to come down and kill a fully buffed Imperial Knight with a three-up invuln with all the rerolls um, easily, uh, you know, and, and, and he gets to do that twice or almost twice I, I guess you can't quite do kill two knights that have a three pin vuln um but yeah it, it's very very powerful um uh, also i noticed frankie you you were using your harlequins a lot more or you're using harlo har- harlequin lists a lot more um do you think you're going to start using more fusion pistol harlequin lists or or are you kind of like cool cooled off on that list yeah no I'll, i'm gonna play harlequins a bunch too um 
but I think I'm more excited about the Tau because it was just a big change. Um, the fusion pistols was pretty good. It, it allowed me to get another Psyker into my Harlequin army, so that was good. Alright, and Jeff? Um, I obviously am a very big fanboy of Custodes. Um, I've been sitting at number one in the ITC for them all year long, and it's not by that much at this point in time. Um, but did Chapter Proof like, reignite my, my want to get them back on the table? Not really. It's not that I don't think they can do well or I'm not enjoying them. It's just that I'm really, really enamored by Gene Circle right now. Um, I obviously have a pretty good idea of what's to come, and what's to come is really fun, very tactical. Um, and it's what I really enjoyed about playing them in 7th for the short period of time that we were able to do that. But uh, it's, it's just different. It catches people off guard. It's shocking, and it makes the game brutal and, and like just different, which is just a fun kind of experience to have across the table from somebody in this game. So I've been playing a lot of that, and um, Chapter Proof obviously doesn't touch Gene Seer Cult, so for me it's, and I don't have a Swarm Lord in my list or any of the Terranid stuff that I have, it's actually just Neurothropes. I have two of them, so they're going to go up in cost, which is take that. drop uh, three Gene Sealers from my list. Hey! Uh, but... Oh, the Vigilist stuff, excuse me. That detachment makes the Aberrants, which has been a big feature of what I've been playing lately, so fun, more powerful the way they should be, too. They get the swing after they die, which just makes... They, it specifies pile in and swing. It's very powerful, uh, even if they've already swung. And then the Abominant, which has been some of the most fun 80 points I've ever taken in a list ever. I was just at a tournament yesterday... And he got two wounds through and did twelve damage, and one shot at a tank. I can't, or no, it was a it was a hive tyrant. I think it was. So it's just like so amazing that he has these abilities. And what he survives is really iconic as well. Minus one damage, uh, and he has the ability for to look it out basically. Um, but he also has feeling the pain. So there's just a lot of situations where they're like, "Well, you're dead." Like an, I've had a knight stomp on his face, fail to kill him, and then go for the power grip. And then he fucking arm wrestled the knight and beat it. And I, and I just like stood away from the table and was like, all right, well, you've done all you can to get me as erect as possible. So and here we abominant are. Abominant okay. did this? Yes. <laughs> He's amazing. That's great. Um, obviously, a lot of that is luck and, and nice dice rolling and whatnot. But he just he creates these fun situations that are amazing. I've also had him fail a four-inch charge and then just die. So that's been kind of what he does as well. Uh, but yeah, G-Circle, really excited about it. And we know, and also, we saw um, some of the models they're showing um, at Warhammer Day or World or whatever a couple weekends ago. The bikers are absolutely are so stunning cool. and incredible. Oh my more. gosh. Oh my god. It's funny because they're they a little bit of the envy of the town, right? Because people were like, well, I'm going to be kitbashing those into my list as uh, riders and whatnot, like different things, because the bikes are just stunning. The guys on them are amazing, like I'm just so excited. It's going to be yeah, really amazing yeah. with these. The models are so cool. What, what about you, Pablo? What are you most excited uh, to play? Uh, so so back in the beginning of 8th edition, I ran a, a whirlwind heavy vehicle space marine list with uh, Gaiman. Um, and a lot of those the units in that list um, went down in points. The the interceptor squads that I used went down in points a little bit. The scout bikes went down a little bit. The whirlwinds went down a little bit. And pretty much the only thing that hasn't gone down is Guillemin, um, who went up since then. But um, so I'm thinking about going back to that list because I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed playing it. Was it. A cool, um, I'm also really excited. It was a cool list. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. interesting. It was, it was very different. And I, I did really well with it. Um, 
Uh, also, it did it performed poorly in uh, Malefic Lord spam well, every meta, um, which is which is Dawn. <laughs> which uh, so I think I might go back to that list. Um, but I'm more excited really to start brewing with Space yeah. Marine lists. I, I've got a hodgepodge of everything. I've got aggressors, pri all the Primaris units, um, all all the different kind of Space Marine units. A lot of random Forge World vehicles um, that all went down in points. Uh, so I, I'm most excited to see what kind of pure space marine list I can bring onto the table. Um, maybe I'll throw in, you know, some allies in there. I usually do. I usually like throwing in like at least like a character detachment or something. Um, but that's what I'm most excited with. What I'm going to run, I don't know. Um, I might bring I might bring terminators. I might bring uh, more of a mech list. Um, but I, I'm just excited to start bringing space marines and just you know. That's pretty much what I'm going to bring. Yeah, I, I feel so, you, do. We'll There's see. so many units that are appealing now that weren't before. Um, and it's yeah. it's really exciting because, you know, I, I'm a big Space Marine player too. And um, just the fact I could take my list I was already winning with and literally put in two more units, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah and, and Space Marine players... Um, uh, this is a little bit of fan service to you guys, but I, I know a lot of you guys, when you're building a Space Marine list, it can feel like you're always 100 or, you know, 120 points short of what you want to do, right? Like with with anything, like, oh, I want to bring a big unit of 10 Primaris Intercessors and back them up with these things, and you always end up falling short. Um, I'm curious to see what lists end up not falling short. So it'll be good. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but that's it. Uh Overall, guys, uh, between Vigilist, Defiant, and Chapter Approved, uh, what would you guys grade this release from Games Workshop, uh, starting with Reese? Oh, A+. This is going to have such a big, but in, like 90% positive impact on the game, in my opinion. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see if like the armies that were underperforming, if the units that were underperforming, if we see more of them now. Like to see what the players do with this toolbox that they've been given, um, and then having the specialist attachments and the extra layer of depth that that's going to provide. I can't wait to see what the meta does, and my hope is that we get a big churn, a big mix-up, and that um, units and armies that weren't being taken are taken, and we get more variety as a result because that's more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, Frankie. Um, I'm still kind of on the fence about it. It's a huge change, like Reese was saying. It's um, definitely going to shake things up. It's going to be interesting to see where everything lands. Um, so yeah, so I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I think it's it's overall like I, I, I'd have to say it's a positive release because it does give points decreases to a lot of units that you weren't seeing on the table. But I'm just uh, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen to the meta because it it is such a big change. Yeah, I was not expecting to be the middleman, but I'll, I'll be the middleman. I, I'm, I think it's a B plus or A minus. It's it's way up there. I I do think it's going to be really good. It is mostly very good. Um, I obviously like a lot of people just have probably impossible standards and, and wishes that can all be met in the single chapter approved in particular. Um, but I, I, I think it should be mostly very very positive, and hopefully people take it that way because even if you didn't get everything you wanted. There was a lot of stuff that needed to happen, right? Like Grey Knights need a lot of love. Space Marines need a lot of love. Um, Necrons probably need more love, but they got some love. So there are people out there playing with armies that were having a tough time. Adeptus Mechanicus comes to mind as well. They got a lot of love, and they got a lot more options and diversity now, whereas a lot of codexes kind of 
funneled you into the same three or four units, and then you had taxes. Um, that's always going to be a part of Warhammer, so of course that'll never go away, but there's going to be a lot less of that post this chapter approved, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it, it, I think I think this is a great way to kind of tie up um, the ending of a phase one, so to speak, of 8th edition, which is basically um, all the codexes are about to be released. Um, I guess maybe the Sisters Codex you technically is released. Um, if you want to get technical, it hasn't been released yet. Um, but we're, we're coming up to the final stretch where, where GW is going to start releasing these supplements, like the Vigilus book, um, uh, and like in the past, like the, the Tooth and Claw or whatever, you know, the random other supplements. Um, so it, it's really great to see that GW is taking more of a conservative stance to some of them. Like, for example, the Kill Team uh, Rogue Trader uh, factions, uh, th- those were very, very, not, not, they were awful. Uh, in terms of their 40k rules, um, but I would prefer that over you know Riptide Wings and like a Montcaw book, um, or or like the crazy demon stuff that you got out of the Space Wolves and Chaos Demons supplement. Um, so so overall, I think this is bodes well for the future. Um, as a as an analyst uh, and someone who looks at tournaments and and tries to predict who's going to win and do well, um, it's it's created a very interesting narrative because right now the meta is really unpredictable. Uh, you, you know the Tau lists. I've I've gotten a lot better. Um, orcs are still kind of not unheralded, but 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 still kind of still new and, and still kind of unpredictable. Um, we know that they're they're doing well, but we just don't know to what degree and how well they perform against other lists. Um, and obviously, you still have all the normal shakeups in there. Inari have been relatively untouched. Uh, Imperial Knights are still viable. Um, they did get nerfed a little bit, but they've still been mostly untouched. Um, so you know, it, it's just it's a very interesting time to be a competitive 40k player and to have a competitive 40k podcast. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if there's perhaps one list that's that's absolutely by far the best list that everyone's running, or even like three lists. Um, I, I don't know if we can name three lists anymore, um, like in seventh edition or even the beginning of eighth edition, where um, you know that those lists are going to to be the best lists and, and win. Um, so that's good. So so overall, that's kind of how I feel about this release. Um, I don't. Sorry, Paul. What you say? I, I think you make some good points, buddy, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's it's wide open right now. Like Inari and, and uh, the Knight Imperial list is still going to be good, um, but now it's like there's a really big question mark on who's going to be joining them in that sort of uh, upper right. echelon because the game has been opened yeah, up a and, ton. Yeah, and even those lists aren't like shoe-ins to make top eight anymore if you look at results now dark eldar are doing phenomenal you still have the thousand suns players you know in the mix uh doing really well um you're always going to have the really good chaos player devoted chaos (laughs) players that perform really well at these kind of events and then you throw in the the buffs to tau tyranids um space marines and astra militarum you you've got you know an orcs on top of that and then gene sealer cult around the corner too um, you know, you've got good players like Jeff that are going to start playing Gene Sear Colt, Nick Rose. It's just, it's just so wide open right now. Um, and, and I think it's great. And mark my words, um, I've been saying this, but I think orcs have Eldar's number. Uh, unless you build a list specifically designed to kill orcs, your average, you know, like Inari list, I think orcs are going to be the counter to that. They have the, all the right tools. Um, and, and like we saw, yeah. Steve Pampreen defeated the double... Shining Spear, Wraith, um, uh, Yanari army with orcs quite handily. So 
Um, I think that's going to really shake things up too, because the average, you know, Yunari Eldar army doesn't really have the tools to take on the average orc army. Um, yeah, it's going to be really. And the Castellan's not that great against orcs either, uh, to be quite frank. So it's, I think it's going to be very interesting coming down the home stretch to see um, what happens. And then, of course, it's further complicated by the fact that this is the quiet time in the season. So we're going to be coming into LVO with a lot of question marks, which makes it very exciting. Right. And if you want some of those question marks answered, um, or at least partially answered by experts in the field, tune in to Chapter Tactics for the remainder of the year. And moving on forward for all Las Vegas open news, tournament coverage, meta analysis, and more. Uh, we're going to do our very best to show you guys awesome pairings data, uh, faction results, and all of that good stuff. Tune in to Chapter Tactics. Um, I'm excited for the future. We've got a few more coverage, tournament coverage next week uh, for tournaments that happened. Um, unfortunately, we didn't cover any tournaments this week, uh, but I felt like we could go over all of the tournaments that happened in kind of late November, early December, um, towards the end of the year and kind of have one big final tournament roundup before we go into January and the the future of the LVO and going into the, the home stretch of the ITC. Um, as always, if you want to purchase any of the models that you see uh, that got points points decreases and you're kind of curious to try them out, head on over to FrontlineGaming.org and our second-hand shop. I've got a lot of amazing deals. You can buy uh, those, maybe those uh, Space Marine Primaris Intercessors. Those, uh, I think, sell for like two or three points of, or th two or three dollars a model. Very, very cheap. Very, very affordable. Um, so if you're looking to get into uh, 40k for cheap if you got some buddies or if you're looking to add to your army secondhand shop i highly recommend it and also if you want to purchase chapter approved from us uh, i did just get notifications from gw saying that we'd be getting our full allocations uh which means we won't have the the battle force debacle um so we'll definitely have chapter approved for everyone so head on over to frontlinegaming.org where you can place your order uh, and as always if you have any questions if you want to talk to any of these guys if you want to talk tournament news if you want to show me your list or any of that good stuff you can always email me frontlinegamingpdpob at gmail.com uh, jeff frankie reese thank you guys all for coming on and talking about chapter approved uh, i hope we can have you on again um i know i'm not going to get reese and frankie on again um but reese wow. frankie Predictions for the LVO, if I don't get you on before the LVO, you guys are busy guys. What? Who do you think is going to do well? What do you think is going to win? Um, I always pick uh, jockeys, not horses, so I'm not going to pick an army. But uh, in terms of players, oh, wow. I know Mike Porter is coming over from the UK. He's number two. He's won like four GT to major events in a row, so he's red hot right now. Uh, Nick Nonavati is number one. He won last year. You have to... You have to put him in the top, the short list of possible winners. But um, there's so many amazing players coming; it's going to be really hard to make a prediction. But uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the easy route, and I'm going to pick one of the current top ten ITC. It's going to do it. Boom. I think it's going to be a wild card. I think it's going to be one of the top thirty. I think top it's going to be 30. a guy that's below the top ten, but he's going to swoop in there, win the LVO, and take the gold. Yeah, no, no one's ever repeated um, winning the LVO, right? So no, it'd be kind of interesting to see Nick Navadi repeat if he does. Jeff, I'm just excited. It's been escalating in class and prestige, and the the hunt for it. Everyone, you know, there's people traveling around the world to come, which has always happened, but now it's become like the actual cap to the year. 
um, that everyone seems to recognize is the place that you have to kind of go prove that you are one of the absolute best. Um, I would like I would like an upset of sorts. I don't want a clear, bushy-tailed, bright-eyed, like, newbie type of thing, but I would love it if a widely considered, like, kind of, kind of like Frankie said, like, top 30-ish, non-super-mega-top-tier, just has the term of their life and, and plays it. Because obviously I'm very excited for, like, the streaming aspect that we get to watch this. It's going to be a spectator event for a lot of people. Um, it'll be really fun. I don't get to compete this year for you know, the reasons we'll get into later or whatever. I'll, I'll be there, but I don't get to compete. Otherwise, I would pick myself, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm hoping for stunning results, and I'm hoping some drama, but healthy drama. I want that, too. You know, if someone's career burns down around them, that's fine. Uh, as long as we all learn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're definitely going to get all of that and more. Stay tuned here on Chapter Tactics and FrontlineGaming.org and on uh, Jeff's stream on Twitch and Control TV uh, for all of that good tournament news and more. Thank you guys very much for listening and have a good one.